Betsy Kettleman's her name. Every weekday between 225 and 250, she comes through here on her way to pick up her kids at Kit Carson Elementary. Now, you need a place where she's going to slow down, am I right? Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. She slows down. She hangs her right. You come shooting out of there. You do what you did to me. You go ass over tea kettle. You make it a blue ribbon special. When she gets out of the car, you're suffering St. Sebastian, right? You're the hammer. You get in her face. You scare the bejesus out of her. Give me your phone. It's kind of busy here, don't you think? Yeah. Witnesses are good. Witnesses are pressure, all right? Now, once you've got her good and rattled, then you call for an ambulance. But really, you're calling for me. I'm number one on your speed dial right next to your weed dealer. You call me. I hot-foot it over here. I just happen to be driving by. I stop to see what the trouble is, and this is the most important part. You don't know me. We've never met. You got it? Sure. Okay. Now, I'm Mrs. K's white knight. We go mano a mano. You light into me. You can get nasty. No touching. Leave the hair alone. But otherwise, you know, open season. Yell, stop, call me a douchebag. I'm going to play it cool, give you back some of the razzmatazz, and once she's seen the fireworks, you fold like a lawn chair. Happy ending. When do we get our money? After. 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 You get paid when I get paid. I'm the rising tide that raises all dinghies. Now, pop quiz, what's the car? Mercury stable wagon, baby poop brown. Okay, do you know me? No. Gun damn straight. Go with God. everyone welcome back to uh gundam at mhq this is one of your hosts neo and uh, joining me always is Solbro and chris or chris and Solbro, if you want to do it alphabetically guys say hello what is up everybody say hello <laughs> hey, say hello <laughs> yeah chris gets to join us for the news unlike last episode Woo! so there you uh, go and uh, this is episode 158 of gundam at mhq and we're going back to two topics in this or two segments in this episode first one being a long-awaited review of gundam the origin volume 8 the manga that we've been going that we've been reviewing as it's been coming out every three to four months it seems like so we'll be going some of our quick uh capsulation of some of the story and then some of our thoughts likes dislikes whatever and uh to finish up we'll be doing kind of a a sci-fi movie uh, preview of 2015. There's a lot of big things that are coming out, so we're just going to kind of run down a little list and have some of our thoughts and talk about uh, some of the things we're looking forward to. So, uh, guys, anything bef- before we do the news as I walk over to the Larry King Memorial News Studio? No, I'm ready, for, ready to find out what's going on. All right. I, I that- just want to know if there's any any llama-related news today. Llama! <laughs> I don't think we could handle more llama-related news. I, I heard about that as I was, I was coming to, uh, home today. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
That was what Arizona, I think, right? I saw it unfolding live at work. I was there, man. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I was live. There. There's a guy in a traffic copter. For, uh, there's a llama going crazy, as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> Was it as compelling as those freeway chases you normally see? Well, it's kind of weird because, you know, you're so used to, like, seeing helicopters flying over police chases and seeing, like, dudes running around. It's like, nope, just a llama. Oh, Jesus. What what happened? He escaped a zoo or something? Or I don't know the details. Saw this llama running around the streets of somewhere in Arizona with a helicopter flying overhead, (laughs) capturing every... Jesus. I I bet some people would say, Obama did it. (laughs) Obama set it free. <laughs> is, is he an illegal llama? Because llamas are from what South America. So did he? Mm-hmm. Is he? Is he here legally? <laughs> <laughs> so get that llama his green card. <laughs> Well, I'm in the Larry King Memorial News Studio. You are the king. You are the king. Ready for some Neos listener submitted news. And like always, you can always uh, send uh, post your Neos listener submitted news articles in the Neos listener submitted news articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk forum. And oh man, this first one, Chris, they must have known you're coming back for, for the news because this first one comes from the shade. And it looks like this is coming from the Anime News Network. And there was a poll that was uh, done. And, and you know, you know, polls. Um, there, there are sometimes they have a they have some type of uh, margin of error, but. Mm-hmm. We don't know what it is on here, but it looks like some fans. The Anime Anime website asked readers to choose what completed manga they most wanted to turn into an anime. Oh. And, and Chris, this it's up to you. I, I think you probably know what the number one pick was. And it's, it's a mecha-related <laughs> Gundam uh, <laughs> story. So uh, just go uh, ahead, Chris, because you know what it is. <laughs> is it uh, Gundam versus Edean? <laughs> no, we can only wish. I'll, I'll give you one more. It's some some say this may be the best Gundam manga there ever was, and we've actually reviewed it here on Gundam. Oh, is it X Astray? Bingo! Bestest of the Astrays. <laughs> No, it's got nothing to do with the uh, the seed universe. I'll, I'll give you one last thing, one last hint. Universal Century, a little bit after F ninety uh, or an F ninety one. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it a uh, silhouette formula ninety one? No, <laughs> no, nah, man, it, it, it must be Shards deleted affair, right? <laughs> Shards deleted affair. It's I, it's for, it's further back. I know it's part of the joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a very bad joke. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> you could have said, like, Victory or something like that. Or, or wasn't there a manga for uh, G-Savior? I mean, you could have done that. <laughs> Look, man, I tried. So what, what is, uh, what's this series that uh, people well, want to see? Well, it, the number one result from this poll from the Anime Anime News or website was Mobile Suit Crossbone Gundam. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. <laughs> no. Supposedly, people like it. So, um, reading it must have given Chris PTSD. <laughs> wiped it from his memory. <laughs> Why can't I kid before people who can't take a joke mm-hmm. start whining Uh-oh. that we just shit on Crossbone Gundam and that we're haters and blah, 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 blah. 
for the record, it is the position of Gundam that Crossbone is okay, but massively overrated by fans, particularly people who have not read the story and have been overrating it for years without ever having read the story, but just get entrenched, or rather, enchanted by pirate mobile suits. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> so you're saying that you're that people are supposed to respect our opinion as our opinion and not completely blow up about this and go uh, nuclear on um, on websites and talk about how much uh, assholes and uh, pieces of shit that we are because we don't agree with what they agree with. That's what you're trying to say, Chris? Maybe. Okay. Just wanted to know. Well, thank you, Mr. The Shade, for your submission. Oh, the next one here comes from Vent Noir, and he's just got a link to Crunchyroll.com. The first seven minutes of Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin, uh, you know, a manga that did get adapted, uh, Blue-Eyed Cassville, is being streamed on the Crunchyroll site. So uh, check that out. Looks looks pretty good. And uh, that's from our most evil of all the Australians, Vent Noir. And Vent Noir comes back with some more uh, news uh, as we scroll down the teleprompter here. And he's got a link to the Anime News Network that the Knights of Sidonia Battle for Planet Nine uh, is is being as previewed in a TV ad. It's uh, the second season called Knights of Sidonia Battle for Planet Nine, which is going to premiere in April. So they have a quick little uh, TV ad that you can take a look at. I, I got to finish that. I, I, I tried to start watching it, and uh, I um, I just I didn't finish it for some reason. I can't remember why. So that's the By one. By the way, I don't I don't want to soul bro the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, but okay. This might be a good time to mention if you know you don't have another post coming up about it. Is there another Sidonia post that you have? No, I don't. No. So you are not doing a Soulbro. You are not oh only boy. a Soulbro. Who knew? And oh. for all our listeners out there, Soulbros include uh, talking about news that's about to be talked about mm-hmm. and or. <laughs> crowning the most pathetic characters in, in shows to be the most important cog of said show. Well, I was referring specifically to the former for those who... There you go. <laughs> for first-time listeners. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes you have to give a... Re- uh, you know, you have to review some of the, the key facts here for people. <laughs> so you know, go we ahead, We have new Chris. people coming on who, who aren't, uh, aren't in on the joke. Mm-hmm. Yes. But uh, the the news that is not being sobered is that uh, the home video rights in America have been picked up for Knights of Sidonia, so no longer will it be only on Netflix. It has oh. been licensed by Sentai. Nice. For DVD and Blu-ray, they're going to release standard versions and a limited edition. Hmm. Hmm. That's freaking awesome. I'm glad to hear it's going to get a proper release out here. So there you have it. Well, I mean, it was on Netflix, right? So, yeah, but I mean, some people want to watch it on Blu-ray, own it on Blu-ray. You know, big-time fans of the show don't want to have to import it. So I'm glad to, to hear that they're going to be able to collect the series and, and have put it on the shelf. Put it on the shelf. That's yes, right. That's what they do. That's well, they thank do. you, Mr. Vent Noir. And Vent Noir comes up with another one here. And I am I just kind of looked at this, and, and I'm just kind of st- scratching my head and wondering out there, Chris and Solbro, um, I'm a big fan of this, but I don't think I'd be going to this hotel. I guess they're going to be opening a Godzilla themed hotel in Japan. <laughs> I, no rhyme or reason, but the, yeah, the Hotel Gracie in Shinjuku is going to kick a grand, grand opening on April 24th, Godzilla style, and they're going to have some Godzilla themed chambers and things wow. like that. So That's crazy stuff, man. Even, even though that's not the Godzilla in the movie now. <laughs> I'm looking that's at old classic Godzilla. I'm looking at pictures of this. They got the Godzilla head coming out the roof. That's the best. Y'all know one guy that's gonna love this. Yo, Fred. 
<laughs> this is pretty cool. Um, I give you a big time Godzilla fan, man. Yeah, that's gonna be the place to stay when you go to Japan. That's freaking awesome. Yes, definitely. So, thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your submission. And I, I think Vent Noir was bored because uh, I'm gonna be doing some Robo Apocalypse news. Is Neo so robophobic? Unfortunately, I see no Human Resistance League news. Oh. But you know, hey, what 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 are you? What are we going to do here? But um, he's got, and it seems that you've, you've guys heard of Britain, Great Britain, UK. You know those people. All hail kinda, Britannia! All hail Britannia! <laughs> yeah, I guess there. This is coming from the MarySue.com, and it looks like uh, there's an official review of British traffic laws. Uh, that, you know that may be rewritten in the future because of as self-driving cars start to come out. So um, that, hmm. that, that'll be interesting. I actually would like to hear the thoughts of the Top Gear guys on that. Because <laughs> I guess, to me, the, the, one th- the one advantage of that would be, uh, wouldn't that interfere with um, drink, uh, drinking and driving for people? I mean, cops wouldn't be able to have that nice revenue stream anymore if you have a self-driving car. Mm-hmm. And you just tell your car, R2, take me home. You know, so, but, uh, so yeah, that'll be interesting. We'll keep you posted on that. Yet again, though, there is the robo apocalypse that these, uh, robot cars will gain sentience and then try to kill us as, as, uh, documented in the, in the novel robo apocalypse. So this is one of the ways that they got to us. They'll get that, um, they'll get that Christine upgrade. It's not that, that, people down. That that was a uh, Christine was a, a, a spirit, not it was. a robot. I'm just yeah, saying it wasn't hey, it was hey, an evil spirit. I, that I know. I'm just talking about the this fact that they would name the program after her. This isn't <laughs> this isn't slasher film at gun at mhq.net. Right. This is Gundam. We do mecha here. Not hey, don't spoil film. the existence of our upcoming new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. But um, so thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your submission. Oh, man, I haven't had, I don't know if we've had this before, but Solbro, you may have to get new music for this. What's up? Because we have chat news. Oh, yeah, we've done, we, oh, we done Shatler news alert. I've yes. been waiting for this. I've actually made an intro for this a while ago, and I've been asking <laughs> when we're going to get some more chat news. So we got some chat news today. There we go. I'm, I'm excited. I'm thrilled. I get to use this again. Hey! Look at me, sure. Look at me, sure. I'm the captain now. I'm Captain Kirk. I'm Captain Kirk. I'm Captain Kirk. There is a link to the Denna Geek website, and they have the top ten William Shatner performances that aren't Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> I hope one of them is Boston Legal. I'm well, sure. let's 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 see here. Let me see. Blah blah blah. Shoot or be shot. Never heard of that. Mm-hmm. He was in Shoot. Little Women, 1978. <laughs> <laughs> he was in a little a Little Women movie done in 1978. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess he's got a German accent in that one. So that that'll be interesting. Kirk, that's crazy talk. Impulse. I've never heard of that. Oh, okay, this is number ten is Impulse. Here we go. Number ten's Impulse. Number nine is Dodgeball, a true underdog story. Eight is the Brothers Karmazov. Don't know what that is. Over the Hedge, two thousand six. I don't even know what that movie is. Never heard of that movie. Uh, Judgment at Nuremberg. That's an old movie. Ooh. Big Bad Mama is number five. Oh wow, he was in that. Yo, black exploitation. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, th- this looks like 70s. Yeah, 1974. So this was after Star Trek. So times were lean at that point. Uh, 
Uh, number four is National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. Number th- three is Incubus. Oh, yeah. Number two, Airplane 2, the sequel. Yeah, he's really good in that one. Mm-hmm. And then number one, this is pretty funny, something called Free Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. Is this, is this like top ten like actual performances, serious, or like just top ten like joke performances? It's just they're just saying performances outside of him being Kirk. So some I think them, how could they not have Twilight Zone on there? Yeah, some, well, they don't have any TV in here. I noticed um, they do have yeah. like some legitimate movies like Incubus and uh, Judgment and, and Nuremberg. And Judgment so, and yeah. Nuremberg. I'm looking at this yeah, these list. are all movies, Chris. There's there's nothing with yeah. television or anything. So don't have, like they don't that. have a Twilight Zone. Are they don't have Boston Legal, which kind is of a several weird Emmys. list to make since he's done so much more TV than movies. They do, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make the list. Don't kill the messenger on this. I'm, I'm not attacking you. I'm just <laughs> subject matter. Zach Rodimus 76. But get us a better list. Come on. Where's the, where's the TV one? Because he wrote it. <laughs> so um, thank you. Mr. Rodimus76 for your submission. And I almost overlooked this because it wasn't noted correctly, mm-hmm. but uh, The Shade had actually submitted uh, sur- survey news. Oh, so there shit. is some survey news. Yes. Hit the alert button. Let's go. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Oh my God, that's bullshit. What the? F- but he mistitled it as Transformers 5 News Alert. But <laughs> well, remember, Michael remember. Bay, he's not directing it though. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Anything that's connected to him or it. in some way. <laughs> and by the way, he did make the he did pretty much make the careers of most of these people here. He, he uh, did. It says that uh, they're they're saying that uh, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, I found the transformer. <laughs> uh, I want to be a transformer. <laughs> oh, I want to be a transformer. Mm-hmm. Um, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess there's, he's he's returning in Transformers Five, cool. and of course uh, Goofle Boof and uh, Megan Fox is there. There's rumors that they're going to be going in there. I, I'm sure she'll be there. I'm, I'm sure she needs the paycheck. Hey man, all I know is this was foretold way back in the day when Marky Mark was in uh, Boogie Nights and he sung the Touch. All right, his connections with Transformers go back deep. So I'm glad to see he's still getting work and he's still handling business. And I don't know what to think about Shia LaBeouf coming back. He was uh, pretty good in uh, Fury though. No, 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 That's what I think. Oh, my God. I thought maybe he died and they just didn't, they didn't hit us with that blow because they probably wouldn't be afraid that the audience would stand up and start clapping. But what I wish was we get like, like, this involvement is we see a flashback that Bumblebee just got tired of his shit and stepped on him. Oh, shit. And then like rubbed the detritus on the sidewalk. There you go. The script writes itself. <laughs> and and as his foot is coming down, you just hear one log. No, 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 no. Now, now who's, who's the director that outside of Quentin Tarantino does really well with, like, dialogue? Oh, man. Uh... Come on, Silver. You're Mr. Hollywood. Uh, I like uh, I like Frank Darabont. Uh, okay, so imagine him doing a nice dialogue scene with Mark Wahlberg mm-hmm. and Goof LaBeouf. And they're just maybe they're re- uh, reminiscing about like, you know, oh, I remember I found a Transformer in uh, <laughs> out in Texas. And I found it. I didn't I'm an inventor. I'm a genius, you know. <laughs> I'm a genius. I make stuff, you know. Okay, no, man, no, no, no. <laughs> I got my daughter locked up so you can't touch her. Don't get near her or I'll kill you. (laughs) 
and then goof la boof. I mean, my God, this just oh, it's I'm, a match I'm, made in heaven, son. I'm glad. I'm glad. You know what? Actually, I don't. I don't want this to be surveyed. I can see why he's not doing this. <laughs> Survey. We 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 were the studio is pressuring you to have a team up of Mark Wahlberg and Goof la boof, and he's just like probably. Like, <laughs> Oh, just man. press the button and you just saw a big explosion. He's gone. <laughs> right, no. But so. he, you bet, you must believe his name will still be on there as executive Excuse producer. I'll make, <laughs> go make Bad Boys Three instead. Uh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather deal with a fading Will Smith and a fat uh, Martin Ooh. Lawrence. <laughs> Holy shit! Yo, Will Smith is fading too. That's a whole other topic right there. <laughs> But thank you, Mr. The Shade, for your submission. Mm. And uh, thank you, everyone, for all your submissions. And like I had stated earlier, if you ever have any news that you'd like to uh, post up, always go to the Neos Listener to Submit a News Articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk Forum. And uh, I know last episode we didn't have any old timey. Uh, in this episode, we're not gonna we're gonna kind of bypass that too because uh, we want to get into some of our uh, t- our two segments here. And I can guarantee you, in the future, sometime in the future, uh, somewhere, sometime, somewhere, uh, we may uh, catch up with the old timey. But keep submitting those. Yeah, see? Hey, <laughs> hey, gonna cut out my segment, see? <laughs> Hey, you're you're the one that made the decision off air. <laughs> Holy shit, Chief Dooley just arrived. <laughs> Peggy, where's my coffee? Yeah. Let me see them gams. Well, well, it's an, isn't he pretty much like uh he's pretty much like a Michael Bay. Uh, oh no, <laughs> you bastard! Yeah, shake that money maker, see? We don't let no frauds do what they want around here, see? It's a man's world, see? Yeah. I wish, you know what, I kind of wish they would have talked more like that. <laughs> I mean, they pretty much do. Hey, get us coffee, Dan. That's <laughs> terrible. Hey, don't shake that ass. Hey, don't. It's New York, so. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Hey, where's them donuts at, Carter? Them donuts, go. <laughs> Answer the phones. <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, yes, we we will be doing that sometime in the near future, somewhere, sometime. But, um, so, uh, guys, anything before we go to our first topic tonight? Oh, man, let's let's talk about that origin. There you go. Well, uh, we'll be back in a little bit. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Podcasting is king. You are listening to Gundam at MAHQ. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is 
Not That Podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. From a time long ago, in a basement far away, there comes a time when there's only one hero to protect us all from the trolls, warranted and unwarranted. Is it him? Against Gundam Sea Destiny. It appears destiny is firmly on my side. What? There stands a man who alone will defend the honor of said show for all to enjoy. You're something that shouldn't have been allowed to exist, boy! Just shut up! His name rings out and is like curses to those evil doers. If people learned of your existence, they would want to be just as you are! That name... Chairman 025, Defender of Destiny! You shouldn't blame me! This is mankind's dream! Mankind's desire! Mankind's destiny! Coming this fall on WSBR, your home for DVR hits. Wow, this is pretty cool! You see us, uh, struggling in the car. You walk up, you open the door, and you say... You're lying, George. Oh, uh... Hey, you, get your damn hands off her. Do you really think I ought to swear? Yes, definitely. Damn it, George, swear. Welcome back to Gundam, and we're going to be getting into our review of Gundam The Origin Volume 8, which, you know what that means, guys? What? We are two-thirds done. That's oh. crazy, man. we only got four volumes left after this. <laughs> what a and journey it's, it's been. <laughs> well, yes. hopefully they'll make that, um, that Crossbone Gundam anime, so... <laughs> Keep us going. Yeah. <laughs> There will be no crossing of bones. Oh, no crossing of bones in this segment. Stomp on them dreams. <laughs> so I'm only going to do a very brief summary mm-hmm. of the story because you really should go out and read it and enjoy it for yourself. And also because aside from the order of some events, this one doesn't really stray that much from no. the anime version. No, not really. Not really. Yeah. So we start off with the white base having departed from Jaburo, mm-hmm. and they are heading to Belfast, which is obviously the opposite of how it was in the anime, both the movies and the TV series. Mm-hmm. So we get the Belfast arc playing out exactly as it did in the anime with, of course, the Miharu stuff. Oh, Miharu! <laughs> and then the white base sets out again, this time to join Battle of Odessa, which of course is very different from how it played in the anime. And then we get Miharu's death, and Kai is very sad. Oh, yeah. The white base heads for Odessa, and much like in the TV series, we have General El- Elren being a traitor who's trying to mess everything up, 
But unlike the TV series, it's Revel who discovers that he's a traitor and not Amuro. Thank God. <laughs> At the same time, Sela gets uh, promoted to being a core fighter pilot, and Frabo gets made the communications officer. Mm-hmm. And on the way to Odessa, Amuro has another run-in with a certain Red Zaku. Oh, boy. <laughs> which is a new element. Then they go and fight in Odessa. Of course, the fight does not go well for the Xeon. And in this, you know, retconned story reinterpreted, GMs are already running around, whereas in the TV series, the Federation only fought it with conventional weapons. Yeah. So, as a last-ditch effort, the Xeon launched this uh, funky little plane that's loaded up with nuclear weapons, but it gets taken out, and Makuve makes a heroic last stand on Earth with the Gion, and then Sasaki was sad, oh. and so was his sister. <laughs> the end. <laughs> so, Sobro, what were your thoughts on volume eight i thought it was a solid read i was kind of a little sad that it didn't divert uh, all that much from the source material but i figured that it it's going to be more like that as we go along in these books Um, especially since we're hitting on some of the like really big events that just can't be (laughs) it it really can't he can't reinvent the wheel in 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 every volume so i'm all right with that the the artwork of course was outstanding and it was a pleasure to travel down uh memory lane again with this one of the differences um and i can't remember if this was in the movies or not i probably not but makuve's last request about the gyan he's stating that he he liked the he liked the feel of it and he hoped that it would never be mass produced was pretty cool before he goes out uh destroying that whole fleet of ships uh yeah. he well, went out Gion like a g in the movies remember oh yeah that's right yeah. thank you that showed up. He, that's right. he got away scot-free and lived until shards deleted affair <laughs> <Fair. Yeah. laughs> that's right which immediately killed him yeah <laughs> they wiped him out so quick um but yeah, uh, I I I enjoyed how he went out, man. He kind of went out pretty gangster uh, for the most part. He uh, after all the pressure was laid on him by uh, by Girion about you can't fail this mission. If you do, you know what to do. So you know it kind of had that little foreboding element to that conversation. Even though you couldn't hear every word that Girion was saying to him in that exchange because of the bad connection, you pretty much could get the gist of what he was talking about, and uh, it kind of was foreshadowing that you know he was going to lose for the most part. Of course, watching the TV show and the movies, you know that odessa was lost so (laughs) but i I thought he would slip away into space like he did in the tv show and to see how he went out in the books was pretty unexpected i actually like that he faced his fate pretty pretty uh pretty much head on one of my favorite moments is uh the the dog fight with sayla and slager and slager's like trying to kick it to sayla (laughs) and she's telling him that you talk way too much (laughs) And then before they know it, they run into a squadron of dops and they have to kind of fend for their lives. And uh, the fact that Sailor actually took out one or two before she got shot down was pretty neat for her first flight out. Um, and, and well, I wouldn't say her first flight out, but her first battle, basically. And she didn't get shot down like all the other all the other jokers that uh we've seen come onto the white base. Slager's just rapport in the whole book is 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 always good to see. And um one of the moments I've really liked was this conversation between him and Bright when they talked about Shar killing all these different feder- Federation uh, GMs and pretty much stalking him down in order to lure out the Gundam. And the fact that he was sending Slager out on a Gundam hunt, or sorry, a, uh, a Zaku hunt was pretty fun, pretty, pretty cool. But uh, I won't steal everything, but I guess the last thing I really enjoyed was um, just the retelling of Miharu and Kai. I thought it was, it's a sad story, of course, but I'd never fully realized how Miharu died. 
I, I knew she fell out the ship, but I thought, you know, I guess a, a fall from that height would kill anybody. But uh, the fact that she slammed her head on the back of that 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 um, that ladder, because I don't recall that being in the TV show. Maybe they that's cut not it out. In, that's not in the anime. It's not in the anime no. at all. So when <clears throat> the she, anime just has you believe that the great height kills killed her. her. Yeah, yeah. But it, it was pretty much final in uh, in the in the manga when she fell back, slammed against the ladder, and then fell to her death. It's like wow, that's that's pretty gruesome. So there's really no coming back from that. There's no chance that uh, she could show up again or. Or be rewritten back into the story. So I, I'm I'm kind of glad they 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 kind of showed the d- the details behind her death. But uh, it's still sad regardless. I think that her uh, Kai's imaginary uh, conversation with her after her death, where he's just uh, maybe it's a new type moment. I don't know. But uh, I thought that was a, actually more heartfelt than it was in the TV show. Reading in the manga, maybe it's just the effect of reading it in the manga. But I thought it was a very powerful scene and uh, one of my favorite moments in the book. But uh, I'll pass it back to you guys. Okay, Neo, what did you think about Volume 8? Well, the going off the the Kai um, getting off the ship thing, I like I like it in this one where, you know, he's kind of a little done with it mm-hmm. and d- done with dealing everything. And, and you can see that he's really kind of getting sick of being on that ship and, and all the things that are going on. And it seems in a little bit way like their interactions with him and Mihara, I guess it's because you have a lot more time to develop it. They're a little bit more organic when it comes to things. And you can kind of see that, you know, he, you know, he does kind of know what's going on with her, but it seems like he kind of understands a lot sooner than, uh, than later. So that was cool. Yeah. The, the whole thing with the slugger, anything with slugger at this point, is just good stuff. <laughs> yeah. With him just talking all that mess when he's, uh, when they're out there doing the dog fighting and, and, and things like that. It's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, the, the addition of the, the Char stalking GMs just to pull out the Gundam and then the fight with the Gundam. Uh, I like the fight with the Gundam because I I do believe that there's a little a, a little uh, thing implying Shar's uh, got a little new type ability. I think there was a little flash in the forehead or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely some good stuff. Not, um, not only that, but Amaro could hear his voice in his mind. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, that was a very pertinent moment. Yeah, so we got that. Um, I don't. I know with this story, because mobile suits for the Federation, you know, it's a lot sooner that they show up than they do in the, the, the movie and the, um, and, and, and the anime. But in a way, it, it kind of, I think the fact that they had so many GMs at Odessa kind of takes it away from me. Like, I wish, I know the GM still kind of knew. It would have been cool if they just had them in maybe limited uh, amounts because I always found it kind of cool that the Federation, even though they didn't really have mobile seats, they just had the you know, they really just ended up having the uh, the gun cannon, the gun tank, and the Gundam that finally show up. They end up beating Zeon back mm-hmm. with just conventional weapons because, you know, that's basically the, t- the tide turns on them and you can see that you know, the whole adage with the Xeon, they were never really there, you know, like Revel said in his speech, they're not, they're not set up for a prolonged uh, war. Yeah. And you, you always got the fact of like, okay, yeah, they had, they have the mobile suits, there's still an advantage, but uh, they've made, they've had some losses and then just this, the, the sheer numeric um, strength uh, of the Federation kind of and and kind of the you know kind of the uh arrogance of a makuve 
um, you know, makes them lose Odessa, but it's still not bad. And then, of course, man, it seems like every time they write Makube outside <laughs> of these, uh, outside of the movie and the anime, he's so damn cool. Yeah. Like, you sit there and you're like, <laughs> This guy gets it, man, and it's like he's- yeah. When when he was uh when what was his boy? Rogan says, "Well, if we lose, isn't Plan B to like blow up some cities and some shit like that?" And he says, I- "I'm not going out like that, or I I I don't think uh uh destroying one crystal vase is worth uh what what Zeon is asking of me." Like he says a really cool quote uh, in response to that. Well, mm-hmm. I think I think the thing that it kind of come comes out about this is like yeah he seems like this like antique priss and you know just wants to collect antiques yeah in the in the movies and the television show but you see that this guy he has a respect for historical items and things like that and you almost get kind of the sense that the reason why he this is just me saying this the reason why he kind of does that is because he's like look you know just destroying culture and destroying all these other things isn't gonna um is it going to right the wrong that we lost this battle? Because you kind of get the feeling from him that he knows that if they lose Odessa, they're done. Yeah. I mean, they're they're done on Earth, and eventually they're going to lose the war. Of course, you know he does the vi- the the final stand with um, you know uh, some of his troops and and taking out all of the. Um, uh, all of those GMs and, and taking up time to make sure the, the shuttle gets out of there and then finally just does the old uh, self-detonation in, uh, in the middle of the ocean or in the, in the port there to take out much stuff as he can. But, um, he sunk that battleship. He did. <laughs> cool. I, I, mm-hmm. I did like the fact that uh, Rebel senses the portrayal and he figures it out because, uh, well, A, the fact of it's not a TV show, so you don't have to have the hero save everything. So yeah. that's the cool thing. And it also reinforces the fact that, you know, there's a reason why General Rebel's General Rebel. <laughs> and, you know, he's, he's, he's going to kind of know what's going on. And it kind of just reinforces the fact that he's a good judge of character if he's a new type of side. You know, that fact. Well, that even if he was a horrible judge of character and not a new type, Elrond acts like oh, yeah. shady as oh, shit. Tell me about it. Oh, he, he can't. He, he's got no poker face on that. Yeah. Got no that poker too. face. He's all sweaty and nervous. It's like we gotta go. We gotta go. <laughs> you know, a, a blind and deaf dog could figure out that he's a traitor. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, going back to what you said about the uh, Odessa, you don't. Uh, do you think that um, the reason why they involved all these GMs and why this book series has kind of a more uh, generous allotment of uh, mobile suits on the Federation side might be because of like OVAs and video games like uh, Girion's Girion's uh, Greed and stuff like that, where it's shown the Federation have more mobile suits during the One Year War than what the original TV series had. Because I, I think those might have had a retroactive effect on this book series, and that's why. But they also, I mean, let's be honest, in the mm-hmm. first volume, they established the fact that there's a reason why this is the RX-78-2. Yeah. You know, they've been, they've been playing, they've been, they've been dealing with these weapons, but for whatever reason, they just couldn't, they didn't advance them, and they still kind of had the old way of thinking of large battleships and tanks and planes. This was kind of a weapon that they saw as an opportunity, but they never really went all in on it like the Xeon did. I mean, the Xeon went all in because really, in a lot of ways... 
that's what they needed. Well, that's Gu- that was their trump card. Yeah, in Gundam: The Origin, though, they established how devastating one mobile suit can be. Though, uh, at right. the Battle of Loom, when uh, shards ripping through ships like nobody's business, I figured that would have been the calling card to the Federation. It's like we need to step up mobile suit production, and now, which yeah, but it you makes have to, sense. You, you mm-hmm. have to remember when it comes to production, if you're producing anything you just you just can't turn on a switch you just can't go from like doing things as prototypes and limited runs to all of a sudden switching over and you know if if you're half if the if the federation has factories where they're building planes and tanks mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden now they see the need to start building mobile suits they just can't the next day go oh now we're going to make mobile suits and because it just doesn't work that way. You have to retool. You have to reconfigure. There's a whole bunch of things in it. So I, I don't have an issue with it. I'm just saying mm-hmm. I just find it – I found it a little bit – I, I would have just liked it if they had a little bit less. Like if you saw more of like, okay, there's GMs, but there's not as many GMs. There's still a majority of tanks and planes. And, and there is still pretty good representation of well, it, but – you have to it, remember that the GMs are not in huge numbers, yeah. and also that in this universe, the Federation has had mobile suits for yeah. years with the crude gun tank and gun cannon. So they've been slowly building their way up yeah, they just, to the Gundam and the GM, whereas in the anime, it's like, hey, out of nowhere, here's the Gundam gun yeah. tank and gun cannon, and we're going to have just these three suits running around until practically the end of the war, and then, hey, here's the GM out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> It seems like they rush production on the GM too, according to like Slager's comments, uh, how it handles and all that. Well, which they probably did. Yeah, I mean, and we yeah. see that it, yeah. you know, from Amaro's experience using it in Jaburo, that uh, it doesn't handle as well. It's a piece of yeah. junk. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I'm, I think I'm, I was just going to say, I'm sure, like in World War II, when they they were building all those tanks and stuff like that, I'm sure there was a point where the early you know, they're ones just were probably really crappy. Yeah, they were just putting out these numbers, and they're trying to put you know put whatever they can out there as quickly as possible. Things, and you don't have these processes down pat. Mm-hmm. And it's all new. It's all new technology. So yeah, yeah. I think aside from what the OVAs have done, that you know Yaz has just been going for a you know more realistic approach, and I say realistic, you know, in quotes, as in you know realistic <laughs> as in an aesthetic, not mm-hmm. yeah. dead on realism, because like Neo said, you know. It takes time to start building new types of weapons when you've been building conventional weapons and you got to train these pilots and you got to do all this stuff. Yeah. And the slow buildup with them having the gun tank and the gun cannon for years, which the Xeon already knew about, and then you get to the incarnations of the Gundam and the GM makes a lot more sense. And also, you know, the TV series and the movie movies give you the impression that the white base has the only Federation mobile suits in existence up until, you know, uh, the battle of Solomon. Yeah. So, which makes no sense whatsoever, but also is very like seventies and toyetic of, you know, the, the superhero unity team having the weapons to save the world. So I think having all of these GMs running around and the gun tank and the gun cannon having appeared for years, makes it more real looking and more plausible than what the anime presents, yeah. which, you know, was as revolutionary as it was still to a certain extent was a product of its time with some of the super robot cliches that it still used. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, it was, it was made what over like 40 years ago or Almost. 30 years ago. Yeah. So it's like, you know, they, and, and you can see that even within, you know, from the anime to the movie, 
Tamino tries to take a lot of that super robot stuff out of there. But, I mean, it's what he was based on. I mean, and, and you, got, you got to think of it. It's a, it's a product of the time. He probably wanted to do something a little bit more realistic, but realized to get it through, you still got to kind of keep that, you know, that super robot feel to it. Yeah. And that was what was the big back then. So, but it was good. Any though. other comments? I, no. So I would pretty much echo what you two have said about Miharu. You know, one thing I was noticing while reading it is that even though story-wise, there's not anything particularly new with um, her other than just the order of events. Mm-hmm. She's in half the book, and yep. these are not short books, so her presence feels like more solid than it does in the TV show, where she's maybe in what, like two or three episodes. Yeah, I think two she's episodes. just sort of there, and then yeah. she's gone. Mm-hmm. So she feels like it feels like she has more of an impact. Yeah. on Kai's character here than she did in the TV show. Mm-hmm. And as also mentioned, his whole reason for leaving the ship seems more credible here because in the anime, both the TV series and the movie, it's just sort of like, peace out, guys, I'm done. And it's like, where did that come from? Yeah. Yeah. Out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, they set this up in the previous book that he's getting a little disgruntled and he's, you know, he's, he's and, you know, in a way he's got justified gripes. Oh, I yeah. mean, you know, they're, 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 gushing all over Armro and it's like hey look we're doing this stuff too you're getting on us but you know and 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 yeah that that was the thing that I saw on it yeah on top of that I think with this Mm -hmm. with this current book this was the one where you get to see a little bit more of Kai you know the first half is kind of him yeah um and a lot less of Armro and a lot less of Armro yeah Yeah. and you know because he's an interesting character that ends up having a big impact in the universal century so yeah kai's a cynical dude and he he's also a space noid and you kind of see a little bit of the politics of the day where space noids were exiled into space he's been brought to earth as a part of a war he didn't want to fight and now he's got to fight to defend the earth's elite you know he feels like it's like why should i be doing this for you guys it's like you guys don't give a damn about me <laughs> i'm out you oh. know you know he just he's disillusioned and 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 you're right he has every right to be because he he knows pretty much where 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 everything lays out. So I don't know. He, he finds other reasons to fight, and I like I like his development in the in this book and in the show. Yeah. Also, in terms of Odessa, as previously mentioned, Revel being the discoverer of Elrond's treachery, I think is a better fit than Amaro. As also mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. this is a D super roboted version, so you don't need to have the hero save everything. Um, I appreciated Makuve's valiant stand. Rather than running away because he always seemed like a dainty fool in the anime. (laughs) And I also like the thread that Yaz had with him running through various volumes about his love of Earth history. Oh, yeah. And how he sort of has this lament over the fact that they're just running roughshod and just destroying everything. Yeah. And, you know, sort of like the soldier's lament of, I don't agree with this, but it's what I got to do. Yeah. It, 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 it to me it just puts more to his character like i said it, it adds the fact that instead of him just being the, like this dainty guy that like he likes to collect antiques and stuff he's just that unfortunate soul that's part of this he's the soldier but he's also realizing that hey look we're we're really destroying stuff that's really important and we shouldn't yeah. really be doing this it's like he's, he's a much more fleshed out character compared to the anime where he's like oh i'm a dainty fool who loves vases and no rumberall you can't have those domes la 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 kisilia yeah and once again it's a product of being and kind of a super robot you know 
thing. You know, he's just that weird character. That's just, he's that weird eccentric character that you always have in those things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Let's see what else. I also enjoyed the Zaku Hunt. Oh yeah, part because I'd always wondered, you know, what happens to all these old red mobile suits that Char used to use that he then discards for an upgrade? Where do they go? Who does anybody touch them? You know, and the fact that you know his old Zaku too, which is you know showing his age by this point, that he's just murking so many of these GMs, lures out Amuro, who obviously has improved his skills a lot, still manages to fight him well with an outdated suit. And it's just toying with him in that way that Char does. Oh, yeah. And Char is obsessed with him the whole first half of the book, too. It's like, if they send out the red mobile suit, let me know. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm not getting my hands dirty. <laughs> I love the fact that he's just, he's holding a grudge against the Gundam because of how many, how many things it's, uh, how much pain it's caused him over the last couple of volumes. So I, I dig the fact that he's petty. <laughs> and, and, and it reinforces the fact that he's still a great pilot. Mm-hmm. And he's a, he's a great you know he's great with uh, tactician and stuff because like you said Chris he's in a he's in a suit that's really starting to show its age and holding his own against you know the most advanced weapon in the in the <laughs> federation so and Armour's emerging power mm-hmm. yeah so I think we've pretty much covered everything there is to say about this volume and we'll close things out with ratings so. Sobro, what's your rating for this volume? Uh, my rating for this volume is uh, four acrobatic escapes from a red Zaku 2 out of five. <laughs> I can't get over that, how he just ejected from his, how Shar ejected from his Zaku 2 and it perfectly landed on top of that dop or whatever he landed on top of. I, I just, I'm still mind blown by that. <laughs> Neil? Well, I, I'm going to give this uh, four. Uh, if Slugger, if if Gundam was made into a a, a real life movie, I'd ra- I want Slugger played by Matthew McConaughey. There you go. Out of five. <laughs> I, I just see, I just see, I just see a live adaptation of Gundam. Oh, it's just, you know, Slugger just comes in. All right. <laughs> yeah, I drive a Lincoln. I drive a Lincoln. That's an yeah, old Lincoln I, down there. I, I drive a GM. What about it? <laughs> You know about Carcosa? Carcosa. <laughs> I, that's, all, that's all I saw when he's just talking all his mess to Sailor. I'm like, I'm like this is, you know, it, the, the rest of this, rest of these books could have been awful. Just the fact that they gave, they devote so much great stuff with Slagger. <laughs> <laughs> he was so underused at the show. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> so I will give this one four out of five sad Belfast orphans even though there's only two of them. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure they kept it the only orphans in Belfast. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, poor kids. So that will wrap up this segment and of course you can get volume 8 from the usual sources Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Right Stuff keep on supporting it and the good work that Vertical does because as we know they are planning to do more Gundam next year once this title is done so vote with your wallet because that's what counts not tweets and um, Facebook likes and, and Facebook likes and petitions, and, uh, petitions. <laughs> yeah so we're going to take a quick break and be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ.
us. Do no such Gundam thing. Are you a fan of Gundam, Robotech, or Transformers? Well, you should check out Gundam at MEHQ. A wonderful search to learn about the Autobots. Yes, and once I learn about them, I will be the leader of the Decepticons. What was that, Starscream? Nothing, Lord Megatron. Nothing at all. We're looking for a few good new types. Over the last couple of months, the Gundam Nation has been getting together to play Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme Versus. We call those sessions EX Versus the Gundam Nation. Well, we as a group recently upgraded to the sequel to Extreme Versus, known as Full Boost. We're inviting you to come on out and play the new game with us. Even if you don't have the game, you can watch our live stream and also join in the conversation that we hold on Skype during the stream as well. It's not only a gaming session, but a social event for mecha and anime fans as well. If you have the game, you can add the PSN ID, the Gundam Nation, which is the tag that we use to network all the players for the sessions. Also, make sure to add to your Skype the contact of Shinjuku-Station. So you can have a chance to join the Skype conversation during the stream. If you want to watch the stream live, make sure to head on over to twitch.tv slash fighters ready and follow us there so you can be alerted to when our streams begin. If you missed any of our sessions, head over to youtube.com slash and you'll find a lot of our sessions that we've already had archived there. Just be in mind that the conversations held in these sessions may not be safe for work. For more details on the event, make sure you visit Gundam.net and click on the EX versus the Gundam Nation section. If you enjoy the game, the podcast, or Gundam in general, then you owe it to yourself to come on out to EX versus the Gundam Nation. We'll see you there. give a goddamn who you are. This is America, Jack. Now you say one more word about Lisa here, and I'm gonna break my foot off in your royal ass. Welcome back, everybody, to Gundam at MAHQ. It's been a while, but we actually have a second segment this episode. (laughs) And in this segment, we're actually going to touch upon some of the upcoming sci-fi movies that are coming out in 2015. And one of them actually has come out recently. Um, Basically, we're just going to go over our uh, impressions that the trailers might have given us, our our, our thoughts about the movies, uh, the upcoming, most of them are upcoming, one of them actually already came out and just to give a little, I guess uh, insight on what we hope and expect uh, that the movies will bring us when they do come out. And the first one I wanted to bring to light was uh, the one that was released a couple weeks ago uh, Jupiter Ascending, directed by the Wachowskis, it used to be the Wachowski brothers and now they're the Wachowski siblings look it up. <laughs> you guys know them best from uh the Matrix, as well as uh, uh, Speed Racer. Oh yeah, it's, but that's one of my favorite movies from them. But you would not believe how hated that movie is. Like I was shocked to hear how many people hate that film. But that to me was the last movie that they really entertained me with was Speed Racer. I did see uh, what's that other movie they did? Well, what about Jupiter Ascending? Yeah, I- yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I just want to touch upon the Wachowskis because I did people see, know who they are. I did see Jupiter Ascending, and uh, I gotta tell you, uh, overall, it's a it's a movie that kind of suffers from, I guess, the imagination that the Wachowskis have. They they can definitely create a world, but they can't write to save their lives, and that movie is just a jumbled mess. Uh, In a world where writers can't write to save their lives, <laughs> I can't. It's a jumbled mess. Some of the performances are off. Uh, I had a problem with Milo Kunis in it, uh, as well oh, as how Ed, dare you? You can't Eddie. say anything bad about Jackie. I like Jackie overall, but she just didn't deliver in that she's film. She's having, she's and, having the Kucher baby. <laughs> she's, she's, she's bringing, she's bringing the birth, the Earth Savior, huh? No, uh, uh, she, uh, God, let's hope not. Oh my God, she's the focus in that movie though, and she didn't hold me. And and it's the Wachowskis always seem to fall back on the storyline of, oh, we have this very special person who's destined for greatness, but they start out very small, and they kind of try to recapture the magic magic of the Matrix in this film, and they didn't really do a good job of it. Um, I did hear that a lot of a lot of the movie that they intended to have in the film got cut out, and the movie's long to begin with, but they had to cut a lot out in order to uh, get it into theaters, and even even got pushed back six months uh from last summer when it was supposed to come out to to work on the special effects and things like that so it's been the the production was wrought with problems and overall i think the execution was pretty terrible but uh i I, paul i know you didn't see it chris did you uh see it or know anybody who did check it out didn't see it uh trailers didn't really catch my interest yeah Yeah, same here you know wb pushing it back to the graveyard kind of indicated where this movie was going and Mm. all of the terrible reviews have not given me any inclination towards wanting to see it yeah i I paid matinee prices and i wish i waited for rental So uh watch at your own risk. You might see something in it that I didn't, but uh it's 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 a bit of a it's a bit of a mess. But uh moving on to our upcoming movies. The next movie on the docket that's coming out is on March the sixth, and it's directed by Neil Blomkamp, the the gentleman that brought us District Nine and Elysium. It is Chappie, and it stars Hugh Jackman, uh Dev Patel, Sigourney Weaver, and the, the voice of Chappie is played by Charlotte Copley. I also think he did the uh motion capture for the character. And just a brief synopsis. It's basically a story about uh, Neo's worst fears. Yeah, the robo apocalypse the birth of it not quite i mean they already have robots working in society like police robots and whatnot but a yeah and they're subjugating humans <laughs> i've seen the trailer they subjugate humans they steal a freaking robot uh-huh. that they reprogram to help them save the robot from them from the robot oppressors that's what it is okay well hey i, I just i'm just saying it's also about this robot finding sentience and learning how to robots to feel. don't have feelings they're robots they're machines <laughs> I wish Wolverine would just take his animantium claws and cut Chappie in half, but that ain't going to happen. I, I do think this movie is going to have a very sad ending. I do. Um, you don't usually write a story like this and it ends well for the main character. And I, I know if they want to pull on the heartstrings, I don't think Chappie's going to survive this. But it's it's more about the journey. Is this going to be like the Iron Giant? Uh, it could be, actually. It could be. Um, it, it, it does have some elements of boy and his robot that I see in the trailer. The boy being uh, Dev Patel's character, the scientist that kind of re- programs him to have his own feelings and uh no, it looks like uh, it looks like short circuit yeah i i, I that the people have been making that, that have an indian guy finding a robot and reprogramming <laughs> it too it had a caucasian dude playing an indian dude <laughs> is that what it was i haven't seen that movie in forever so <laughs> Go back, it'll make you cringe. But I know Neil's made some of his thoughts clear. Uh, Chris, any uh, thoughts you had on this movie at all? I hadn't really paid too much attention to it until seeing the trailer, so mm-hmm. I'm interested. I thought District 9 was okay, not anything amazing, not this oh, fantastic you. movie that people... Ow. 
made it out to be and so ridiculously yeah. overhyped. But yeah. uh, thank you. Wow, I, I never knew that about you, Chris. Because <laughs> I, I felt the same way. I always get like, oh, how dare you not like District Nine? I'm like, I just don't see this. But okay, whatever. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I, I thought District Nine was uh, for the budget that it had. And for the uh, the limited, don't qualify, don't qualify it, man. No, you got to because it was this man's first feature film, uh, feature feature length film. All right, all he did was shorts beforehand. So next see- one, next one. Oh. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to Chappie. I wasn't crazy about Elysium. Uh, Elysium seemed like a, re- a run back for uh, for District Nine, except with a bigger budget, really. But uh, Chappie looks like it's a it's a different direction, and it looks like it has a pretty awesome cast. And I'll be and, watching. I'll be watching for research. And the biggest the biggest thing about Chappie that I'm thankful to it for is it got Sigourney Weaver to work with Neil Blomkamp, which brought about in a lot of ways the uh, Alien. Uh, the next Alien movie is going to be directed by Neil Blomkamp because of that, and she's going to be involved with that. So this is this board that kind of fruit, and I'm grateful for that. They actually they actually. Is that- Coming out this summer? No, it's not. Okay, well, who cares? <laughs> well, thank thank you for policing my conversation. Point, man. Well, whatever, man. Oh, anyway, we'll move on. Uh, next movie is uh, uh, well, the next movie comes out on uh, May the first, and this is the movie that probably a lot of our listener base is looking forward to, including our, us ourselves. A lot of people on the planet. Yeah, pretty much the the entire planet, save for people who hate superhero films. The event, Avengers: The Age of Ultron, the sequel to the uh, the much enjoyed Avengers from uh, 2012, is coming out on May the first. Starring Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, and James Spader as the voice of Ultron. And the uh, movie, of course, is directed by Joss Whedon, who directed the previous Avengers movie, as well as one of our favorites, uh, Serenity. And to make a long story short, uh, Tony Stark completely Fs up and creates... Just, uh, just ask us if we're going to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, don't uh, even don't don't even go into. Are, it. are you are you are, are you going to see it, uh, Neo? Are you going to? Go yes, see I it? will. Oh boy! So, uh, but this movie contains one of your worst fears: an, uh, an I, AI I, well, coming to life and, and, said, and taking over said, the planet, bro. I just told you I'd watch Chappie too for research. <laughs> It sounds like you're more excited about this one, though, and this one is going to have a bigger budget than Chappie. But uh, any any other thoughts about the movie at all? Do you, uh, what what uh, expectations do you have for it? I have what's called measured expectations, mm-hmm. but I also am going to say, based on what I've seen from the Marvel universe in the past mm-hmm. and the other offerings that Josh Whedon's has provided to us, I'm not. If this is just as good as the first Avengers movie, I'm going to say I'm not going to feel that it's a disappointment because I already feel that movies like this, unfortunately, this thing is going to have to do stuff that's going to have to put it above the other one for a lot of people because people just have unmeasured expectations. But if they continue to tell a good story, involve all the Avengers, and have some endpoint that we can see with these Marvel movies, some overall story, I'm happy with it. That's all. That's all I want. Right I just want two and a half hours of just good stuff. Well, you're gonna get two hours and forty five minutes of good stuff. Well, that's there how long. Go. There you go. There you go. Extra fifteen just for you. But uh, Chris, uh, any thoughts about this movie at all? I'm gonna watch it. There yeah. You, there you I go. Mean. <laughs> Sweet. Well, uh, so, so I'm, I'm excited about it, and I'm eager to see how creepy James Spader will be, mm-hmm. and uh, watch things explode. And of course, you know, Chaos Theater will be covering it. Of course. <laughs> 
times. So be on the lookout this summer for a, a review of Age of Ultron on Chaos Theater. And I guess uh, my thoughts on it real quick. Robert Downey Jr. just uh, yesterday said that there's a special announcement coming up, I believe, about the movie in about seven days. A lot of people are speculating in light of the Spider-Man news that they might be actually oh, announcing. Speculate. Are there speculations about going on? Yeah, that, uh, that's, uh, hey. that's unlike the internet to do. Hey, he wasn't the only person to actually hint towards it. Also, Mark Ruffalo today on his Twitter also alluded to it, too. The speculation is they might be announcing who's playing Spider-Man and one of the uh, end credit scenes may actually introduce the character at the very end of the movie. They actually did some research, sorry, some reshoots for the movie in January. And this deal was already worked out between Marvel and Sony for Spider-Man in uh, November, late November, early December. So when they did the reshoots, they might have already had in mind to put in a, a special appearance by Spider-Man. So Chris, at the very over, the under the, over under, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. I think it's something completely different. You think so? <laughs> What about you, Chris? You think that that's the case? It's the the speculators will be true on this. That'll be something with Spider Man. I don't know. It seems uh, it's way like too random, rushed. Random yeah. tag to have. Way too rushed. I I would put my money on Civil War. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Too. Well, it, it, it is yeah. said he's going to be in. Well, I mean, they haven't confirmed he's going to be in Civil War. But if it's just an end credit scene, if it's just a stinger, and they show him in the costume but not outside the costume, as in like his actual yeah. But you uh, just can't ego. throw this shit up, man. That's the thing. You can't just. You can't yeah. just grab some Spider-Man costume out of nowhere, you know. Yeah, well, it's you, probably going to be CG anyway. <laughs> no, even you, then, you can't just like, yeah. like. What are they going to use for the costume? You don't want it to be something that's similar to the Maguire or Garfield ones. You can't just like crap a Spider-Man costume yeah. out of nowhere. Sure, and but, and, 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 and but if why, it's and and how is this going to make any more excitement than the fact that they've already mentioned that Spider-Man is already going to be there? I mean, I I don't know. I, I think I agree. I think it'll be something either with Civil War, maybe the Kree or the Guardians or something like that. That's what I think. Wow. And that makes a lot more sense because, yes, it's only uh, it's only maybe a few minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the way they've done these things in the past, they just don't crap them out like they did. I mean, yeah, the one in the first Iron Man, you could probably say that, but even then they just didn't crap that out. I mean, these ones from the last few movies, you got to have it on point. And and the way that they do stuff, they're not just going to throw it up there just to get people excited. There's a reason why they're putting it up there. Well, looking at the track record, I think they're actually going to do it. I think they're going to introduce the character. He may not say a word, but I think they're going to show him in some way, shape or form. Maybe not in full. I think Civil War is when he's going to actually take uh, one of the center stages in that movie, but I think they're going to introduce, either announce him or introduce him in some way, shape, or form in the final stinger for the movie uh, in order to get people hyped for Civil War. Uh, I think that's what's going to happen, especially in light of all the events that have happened over the last couple of months. They may have already planned for this instance, and it doesn't take them much to film a stinger scene and to do really? the CG for it. Yeah, they've already they've, they squeezed out the uh, the stinger scene at the end of the Avengers I mean, a couple days before they actually been, released the movie. How many movies they have you did, been part of? How many I, movies have you ever watched and sit there and see how I, I, I I don't. Uh huh. I. This is this thing that they could just crap this out like that. And, but if and it's in the, been in the quality. plans for four months uh, since four November, months is not that long, man. It's not that long. But yet the CG may not even be done. But all I can say is it's not been. It hasn't man. been two or three days that they got this done. They could have been planning for this just like they planned for the Civil War script to run with or without Spider Man. They've already announced that. So they said we can do it with or without him for the most part. We have just two. Take scripts. your time, Marvel. <laughs> you, you, you've been. You've You've been doing things well by just doing things and taking your time. Right. Don't don't succumb to the fanboys and the masses just to to appease them very quickly. Just do what you need to do. So do that. And yeah, I just I don't 
four months is not that long. It really is not. Well, I, I know they've worked on things right before the movie's release, so hey, it could be one way or the other. But uh, I guess we'll see. Chances are it's not going to happen, but I think that's the big that's the big stinger at the end of uh, Age of Ultron. I guess we'll see when it drops on May the 1st. But uh, the next movie that we're going to talk about uh, actually comes out the same month on the 22nd. It's another film by Disney uh, based on one of their attractions, uh, Tomorrowland. And it features uh, George Clooney, Britt Robertson, Hugh Laurie, and uh, others and it's directed by uh, a fan favorite of uh, some of ours Brad Bird who directed uh, Mission Impossible post post protocol I was about to say ghost protocol Jesus Christ is that the one about the post office indeed (laughs) there's a crisis at the post office we ran out of stamps (laughs) they run out of forever stamps no and I don't have exact change But yeah, this movie, uh, this movie, it, there's not actually a lot known about it. They've uh, released a teaser trailer and a Super Bowl spot, which actually shows a bit more. But it's uh, centered around, it's another movie based on an attraction at Disney, like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And in it, uh, you get introduced to a, uh, a young girl played by Britt Robertson, who uh, gets an, uh, I guess, an invitation to a uh, a secret theme park called Tomorrowland, which kind of exists in a, in another dimension or something like that. Um, and she teams up with George Clooney to find out. Uh, some of the some of the secrets that are going on there so it looks like an adventurous movie brad bird i'm a big fan of because of the incredibles and ratatouille and the iron giant so he already had a really good repertoire before he even broke into live action filming and mission impossible 4 or ghost protocol was a really great entry into the series so um he's he's got a great imagination and an eye for the camera so i'm looking forward to seeing what set pieces he has for the film and what the story is gonna how the story is gonna unfold in this movie i know chris you're a big disney file uh, uh, any thoughts about this film at all? Yeah, I'm hoping that you know, for a sci-fi movie, that it's more about, say, exploration, mystery, sense of wonder than you know, ships flying around and stuff shooting. Because <laughs> I'm so tired of that kind of sci-fi. Tell me about it. So, if there's anyone who could do it right, it's Brad Bird, based on his previous work with Pixar, and then his uh, great translation to live action with uh, Prost Grotical. <laughs> yeah, the po- the post office movie. <laughs> So it's a perfect fit with Disney, you know, a mysterious place that transports you to another world. And, you know, I have high hopes for this movie. And I'm glad that they have not shown off too much of it because so many movies pretty much much. spoil themselves in the trailers, a.k.a. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oops. (laughs) So I like that they're maintaining the mystery in the trailer, but also establishing that the movie has a sense of mystery on its own. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Neo, any any thoughts about this at all? Yeah, no, I I agree. I I looking forward to this. I've seen the little spots. I think it works out better. Uh, more is less on this occasion, and it really makes me want to look at or, or watch this movie. And so my question was is was uh, this ghost Clooney from Gravity? But it sounds like it's <laughs> interdimensional Clooney. So this is a new Clooney in the Clooney verse. He's back, man. No, this is. <laughs> This is this is a in a in a different uh in a different uh universe, so mm-hmm. he's um interdimensional Clooney. Interdimensional so. Clooney <laughs> from the fifth dimension. <laughs> Cause at first I when I saw it, I was like, did he is this ghost Clooney from Gravity? 
Who knew? But yeah, no, I, 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 I'd like to see this because uh, outside of uh, some of the other sci-fi stuff, like Chris said, it, it looks a lot different than what we're being spoon-fed now. Yeah, I like the fact so. that they kept it. Uh, they kept pretty much the plot shrouded in mystery because uh, Chris is right. A lot of sh- trailers show the entire film when you watch the trailers, and that's the last thing you want nowadays. Otherwise, you know, yeah, you, you pretty much can make up your mind whether you're going <clears> to <throat> see the movie or not. And this one completely has me intrigued, so I'm looking forward to seeing that when it comes out. The next film comes out in June, June the 12th, and it is a long-awaited sequel. Some people weren't looking forward to the sequel at all, especially after the last two. But uh, some people are, are kind of curious as to what's happened to this place uh, since we last visited Jurassic Park. And the sequel is Jurassic World. And it features uh, Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Ty Simpkins, who you probably remember from uh, Iron Man 3 as uh, that little boy that got on everybody's nerves. <laughs> Oh, that little kid? You yeah. just didn't like him? Yeah, I, I was fine with him, but I know a lot of people said, you know, they, they wish he would die in a fire. So, uh, but really? Then again, a lot of people, some the people, the same people didn't like the movie overall. So. <laughs> But I'm good with Ty Simpkins. I, I got no problem with him. The movie is also directed by uh, indie director Colin Trevorrow. And this is uh, uh, indicative of, a, I guess, a, a new trend in Hollywood where they're hiring a lot of uh, directors that establish themselves in the indie world. And uh, they're bringing them onto these big projects, which have worked out in some cases and not worked out in others. So I'm kind of curious. I, I never saw Safety Not Guaranteed, which is uh, the previous movie that Colin Trevorrow did. But uh, I've heard good things about it. But It's uh, a totally different type of movie. Yeah, it is, right? It's, 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 it's indie hipster mumblecore movie is it exactly and so this is this is big bu- big budget summer blockbuster big That's budget a, dinosaurs chewing on people yeah yeah it's, i don't know how that translates because uh we already saw that once with godzilla and uh what's his name uh i forget his name gareth uh gareth edwards directed uh monsters beforehand and that's a movie where you don't even see monsters in it but it's about these creatures that hunt people down and whatnot and it's it's a god kind of, for most uh, of the movie in star wars or in godzilla you don't see you don't godzilla, see godzilla. <laughs> so i guess people who saw monsters knew what they were getting into yeah <laughs> Or, or, or the ultimate bait and switch. Hey, Brian Cranston versus Godzilla. <laughs> no. but, but I digress. I wish. I wish that man was in a Jurassic movie Jurassic World. But Jurassic World. Yeah, it stars uh, Chris Pratt from uh, got Gar- that. Guardians of the Galaxy. And, uh, and I, I know I'm just, I'm just going back to him, but most people well, remember him from it. Guardians. But yes, uh, do you want to see it, Neo? <laughs> no, I was saying, do you want to see it, Soul Bro? I do. I do indeed. Okay. I, I, I like the concept of the fact that the park managed to still continue, like even after all. All the craziness has gone down. It's like Euro Disney. They, like, yeah, they they managed Disney to salvage. <laughs> they managed to salvage what was left of Jurassic Park and actually turn it into something that entertains people to the point where the world has become disenchanted with the fact that dinosaurs now roam the earth again. Like they're they're trying to come up with a new attraction to bring people back to Jurassic World because admittance has gone down over the last couple of years. So they they craft a new dinosaur, which is never a good thing. In attendance, uh, <laughs> attendance, yeah, attendance. Sorry, they craft a new dinosaur to kind of bring the to trump up uh, attention to the park again and things go horribly wrong and you got chris pratt playing a uh a, a raptor trainer who is able to train his raptors Coolest to, job ever no doubt man people have people have found issue with this too like some people say some people are saying in response to the trailer it's like there's no way this guy could train these raptors but i'm sure they'll have an explanation in the movie as to how he's able to pull that he's off star lord <laughs> And Andy, and Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec. This guy, this guy hung out with a tree and a and a anamorphic raccoon. So I mean, and, what, what is and Ron Swanson? 
but yeah, I, 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 I look at his character and I look at him as a new age Muldoon. Uh, you know, clever girl, that guy. And he was no, able to no do what you're talking about. But... Muldoon was the guy from Jurassic Park that said clever girl before he got eaten by a brat. Oh, that guy. Yes. Oh, that's a long that's, time ago. That's the dude. I look at him as a new age Muldoon that's far more successful than Muldoon was. He's going to be pretty interesting to watch in this film. Chris, any of your thoughts on the movie from the trailers you've seen? I was not into this movie at all, even with Chris Pratt, until I saw the trailer because, you know, I really hated Lost World and oh, Jurassic Park 3. No doubt. Those movies are both. <laughs> Oh, utter shit. Jurassic Park 3 especially, despite having Sam Neill, felt like a low-rent sci-fi movie. Yeah, it felt like made-for-TV. And it was directed by Joe Johnson, who uh, usually does good work, but even he couldn't uh, take the shit out of that movie. (laughs) Yeah, so I was not excited about the prospect of a fourth. It's like, come on, just let it it die. Let, Let it go away. But seeing the trailer got my attention, so I'll see it. Not day one, but... Mm -hmm. I think I will definitely check it out. Yeah, if, if, it, it seems promising, and it looks like they have a lot of... Uh, not only do does the Jurassic World have to win back uh, customers, uh, this movie's going to have to win back fans of the franchise. So it's got its work cut out for it, and hopefully they've they've ramped the stakes up so that way uh, people will find this movie as engaging as the first one or close to it. But uh, Jurassic World. Uh, next up is uh, Terminator Genesis. I mean Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> spelt terribly um it comes out july the first it's kind of a reboot slash sequel to the terminator franchise and it features arnold schwarzenegger amelia clark from game of thrones uh jason clark and jai courtney the actor that hollywood is trying to force down our throat and nobody's nobody's falling for it and uh directed by alan taylor <laughs> It, the movie is directed by Alan Taylor, who uh, directed Thor to Dark. Whoa, what was World. the ick for Chris? Uh, oh, the director Courtney? or the Jai Courtney? <laughs> Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney. Uh, guy is the most characteristic piece of dude bro cardboard. <laughs> he was um, Bruce Willis's son in the fifth Die Hard. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see. It. Uh, is it the one? With, no, that's not Live Free or Die Hard. No, the 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 one in Russia where no, he goes no, I never Russia. saw that one. You never saw the that one in Russia. Russia. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, well no. count, count your blessings because that shit was yeah. terrible. Hey, you did watch Spartacus, though. Remember the blonde guy that was uh, Spartacus's friend in the in the in the Ludus before he uh, gets murdered in that first season? The the real nice dude that was like his uh, uh, and yeah. uh, he gets killed uh, in a duel. That's Jai Courtney. The only role I saw him in where he was actually likable. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. Uh, but yeah, that's him. Otherwise, he sucks. Yeah, Alan Taylor not only directed Thor: The Dark World, but he's directed many episodes of Game of Thrones as well as other TV shows that we've. Come to enjoy over the so years. So it would be dragons in this one? Uh, it be dragons fighting Terminators? No, but uh, uh, Mother of Dragons. That's about is... the only thing that will save it. Hey, Mother of Dragons Based is on in this the movie. trailer. Robo I saw. Dragons? Uh, Robo, Robo Dragons? dragons? Well, well, I don't want Robo Dragons. I want regular dragons fighting the Terminator. Well, she's going to have to be Mother of Arnold's. Because. <laughs> Because in this movie, there are no dragons, but at least uh, Amelia Clark is in it. I did see a few things in the trailer that are pretty cool. Like, you see, um, basically, uh, one of the parts of the story in this movie is that um, uh, John Connor sends back a Terminator back to the 60s when, um, sorry, Sarah Connor was a young girl and sends him back, sends that Terminator back to protect her and to train her for the upcoming uh, Terminator onslaught that's going to happen in 1984. There's a scene in the trailer that shows that Terminator being sent back to 19, well, being already on earth for like 12 or something odd years that terminator actually ages at least externally so he looks like an older arnold schwarzenegger which is why uh he they're able to explain why he looks older in the film 
and he takes on his uh the initial terminator that was in the original first movie you know he actually shows up at the observatory to take him on uh as soon as he materializes right there so i think that's a cool scene and they also recreate the scene in the uh the store where uh when when uh forget his name but uh, john connor's dad when he comes to the to the Kyle Reese. Kyle Reese, thank you. When it comes to the uh, 1984 to save Sarah Connor, she's already ready, rough and ready to fight him, and she saves him from one of those uh, the T 1000s that's also been set back to 1984 to kill her. So we're gonna rewrite, a, we're gonna re- recon, recon a good movie with a bad movie. Hey, I will, I will just put it to you this way, and this is mm-hmm. all I gotta say about Terminator Genesis. Mm-hmm. I saw the trailer, yeah, and I was like, I'm not buying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I, I'm at a point now where uh, I think Terminator just needs to go in a deep sleep. Then needs a, a control out delete, not not even a reset, just a, a just a long shutdown and and take it to the recycling plant because I just can't do these anymore. Hey, and yeah, it could be the days just, of future past of uh, of Terminators though. Uh, it just there's nothing that really is making me want to see this. Oh. And if I want to see a good Terminator movie, I'll just watch the one the one from the '80s. <laughs> <laughs> you don't that, like part two? Part two, I've I actually saw it not too long ago. Yeah. The one thing I will say is I think with each successive viewing, as you get further and further away of actually first seeing it, yeah. it loses it. It doesn't, I mean, at this point now, you know, the CGI doesn't look very good. The, the effects don't look good. It's a little goofy at times, mm-hmm. but no, that, that first one, man, that was freaking some scary crap. Like I said, was, one yeah. of the scariest things ever is the damn uh, police slaughter. It is. The LAPD slaughter. I mean, that's the scariest damn thing ever. But I, I do like the first but, one more than the second i'll be quick but to say. what i will say is terminator genesis uh, i'll probably see it um sometime next year when it shows up on hbo or, or stars or showtime or something i I'd, yeah. there you go just like you watched robocop the other day <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> the new one and yeah, uh, it might actually think it might actually make that robocop good <laughs> Damn. I don't know. <laughs> well, Chris, man, any thoughts about uh, Terminator Genesis? My desire to see this movie has been terminated. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. You, oh. you don't need to say anything. Else. Oh. <laughs> that's that's classic, right? There. But I but I will. Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. For it. Go for it. I will. And yeah, Terminator Alston just needs to die. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't hate the third movie. It was very blah. But uh, Salvation was terrible. Woo horrible movie and really half-assed just a bad story and really misplaced focus on some other dude entirely rather than john connor which i thought was um, pretty lame yeah so then here we are with yet another reboot and now there's this nonsense about uh sarah connor being prepared for the first yeah. movie because of wibbly wobbly timey wimey <laughs> and i gotta call bullshit well your boy your boy Dr. Even though in the movie, movie though <laughs> i know <laughs> It, I even though the mother of dragons and the doctor in this movie, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit because I have interest in seeing more Terminator movies. Just mm-hmm. leave the first two alone, and that's it. Yeah, and it, then you add chumps like Jai Courtney, ooh. that decreases my interest even further. Hey, fun fact: remember uh, Terminator uh, Salvation had the other wooden cardboard dude from Australia? Uh, uh, what's his Sam name? Sam Worthington. Yeah, it's like yeah. they keep, they keep I like him down better than Jai Courtney. <laughs> He's Damn. slightly less wooden Ooh. and looks like slightly less of a dude bro caveman. <laughs> <laughs> Just slightly less. 
slightly less. So, no, I'm tired of these these movies, and I know that they're trying to like crap out some trilogy before their rights expire. I think they only have it's a Paramount. They only have the rights until like 2018, so they're going to be shitting out this trilogy. <laughs> That's train ain't stopping. <laughs> Just leave it alone. No, I don't care. Man, Not gonna man. see this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paramount's desperate for another franchise, man. They uh, they they want they want what other studios have, and um, I don't know if this movie's going to actually reinvigorate anything. They're right now. Well, Sobro, I have bad. a Magic Eight Ball, and it says its sources say no. Hey, I'd I'd like to I'd like to err on the positive side, but I'll I'll check it out. I'll check a matinee out for this, and if really? I you would spend it, money on this. Yeah. Seeing that trailer, you would actually spend hard-earned money on this. I movie. like the concept. I like the fact that they're going back to the well and they're going back to uh they're going they're going back to the they're going back to what worked for name, terminator name, name one thing outside uh-huh. the story concept yeah. that caught you at, out, and outside of old arnold and how good mother of dragons looks with darker hair Mo- most of the that cast. grabs you out of this movie no nope, yeah, not yeah. the cast one thing in the trailer in the trailer one specific thing that happened one thing that just caught your eye was it a fight or something yeah what, 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 i already what? mentioned it when he when the old terminator f- faces off with the original arnold from uh okay. from 1984 that 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 hooked me that, that was the that was the moment a, that sold me on that'll the movie. be a 10 minutes so for a, for probably a 10 minute or less fight yeah you're willing to spend harder american <laughs> dolores <laughs> On this thing, because you have to remember uh-huh. what your money, your spending of your hard-earned dollars does. Right. This incentivizes Paramount to keep crafting <laughs> these things out. So you're part of the problem. I am. You're not part of the solution. Me, see me, and Chris. Uh huh. We said we're part of the solution. So we're you put like, your foot down. You know, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> no more Terminators. F you, Skynet. <laughs> Yeah, no more. And also, not- how many damn Terminators is John Connor going to send back in the past to, to, to oh, fucking get this shit right? I mean, just yeah. stop it. You're polluting the timeline to the exactly. point where it's splintered off. <laughs> they, they, they've, they've, redone, they've redone the timeline so many damn times, and mm-hmm. it's just like, ugh. There just- comes a point where the circle must stop. <laughs> there does. A, it's a vicious circle, man. <laughs> the cycle must stop at some point. Well, so. well, we got that to look forward to on July the first. Be on the lookout for that. But next up on July and the s- and, and and the w- that week that weekend, mm-hmm. uh, speak to Solbro as he justifies this movie in some horrible. Well, you know the casting was great, even and, though I really didn't like it. Just follow me on Twitter at Solbro Ryu. Yeah. You will see my thoughts. <laughs> Oh hail Switzerland! You'll see, you'll see my thoughts, and I will, I will try to be fair. But uh, if anything, uh, we'll, we'll see be, that. No, be real. Don't I'll, be fair on this. I'll, be, I'll real. be real. I've been, I've been hoarding some movies, man. Don't you worry. I, I, I can, I can rip a movie if, if it deserves it. But uh, next up is another entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, coming July the seventeenth, and that is Ant Man, featuring Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, Evangeline Lilly, and Corey Stoll. And directing this movie is Peyton Reed, who's known for films like Yes Man, which uh, I have not seen. Most of the movies he's directed haven't really interested me in seeing them. And to make a long story short, a director that we really wanted to see direct this movie, Edgar Wright, was on this project for many, many years. And then uh, he and uh, the heads at Marvel kind of had a falling out. I guess it was amicable, but uh, pretty much he parted ways from the project. So they had to find another director and they found it in Peyton Reed. In Peyton Reed's defense, he does say, 
say he's a big fan of comics and uh, he's been going to Comic Con for for ever since the early nineties. Oh, that oh and, and, that? Hey, yeah, he, he, oh he, I may I, have to redo my my <laughs> ranking on this. No, I, I just I want to I want to I want to say some positive things in the man's in the man's stead. I do, and he was I'll like him. naming some things. Well, I just want to I want people you don't to, need to like, defend him. Just, hey, just give us well, your, a lot of people. Give us your opinion. Don't a lot of people a lot of people are bummed out over the Edgar Wright thing, myself included. It's done. What's done is done. <laughs> they did try to do you want to see this movie soul bro i do i do want to see it at how badly do you want to see this movie i want to i want to would you spend non-matinee dollars to see this movie? i would see see this movie for full price and here's oh. why here's why this movie is the end of phase two for marvel and it's going to set up some things that are going to lead us into phase three and i think they're playing the long game with this movie i i, I my faith in the mcu is pretty strong i um i i like kevin feige the man who runs the marvel cinematic universe for marvel he plots out all these movies part of the reason why edgar wright and him had a falling out on this film is that edgar wright wanted to go his own way with the film admittedly and matter of fact some cast members of the of uh, of this movie came out and said that yeah edgar's vision would have been amazing but it doesn't fit for what the mcu is now so they had an amicable split over that and i know that kevin feige wants to kind of keep the continuity of the mcu in place by finding a director that can actually deliver on that so um they found peyton reed he's not definitely not my first choice but i am okay with it as long as the story is strong they had adam uh adam 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 mckay sorry they had adam mckay who's known for directing movies like anchorman and stepbrothers come in and do uh, a write-up of the script and also paul rudd helped him on the script too they ran a punch up they, they rewrote the script punched it up a whole lot so that it has comedic flair and they're uh, they had peyton reed directed so it's going to be a funny film it's going to be a heist movie which already has me excited and the cast is rock solid there's a lot of people in this cast i can't wait to see what characters they're playing and how it's going to play out i know that chris is has some reservations about this film and i know you're not the biggest ant-man fan but uh chris what are your, some of your thoughts on this yeah i was never particularly into ant-man i enjoyed him well enough in um, the Earth's Mightiest Heroes cartoon. Yeah. And there was, you know, a dick later on. <laughs> Yo, yellow jacket. <laughs> yeah. So he never appeared to me to be the most exciting hero for Marvel to adapt, but mm-hmm. I know that this was a passion project of Edgar Wright's for many years, and <clears throat> that was what had my attention the most, that Edgar Wright was writing and directing this. So Absolutely. when he abruptly stepped out, that pretty much killed my interest in the movie. Mm-hmm. But I did like the casting, and seeing the trailer kind of did restore some faith in it. Like, hey, this could turn out okay still. So, you know, you going don't... into it, it's mm-hmm. probably going to be the least excited I'll have been for a Marvel Studios movie, but yeah. I'll give it a shot. I'll be honest with you. The trailer didn't impress me. The trailer did not impress me at all. Like, I watched the trailer, and I was okay with it. But in comparison to, like, the Avengers trailer, which uh, it's it's a, it's an unfair comparison. The Avengers has all the other movies leading up to that one. So, you know, we're going to be excited about that movie regardless. But the Ant-Man trailer, I like the themes they were going for and the father and daughter kind of the chord that struck between... Story. Uh, Paul Rudd and Michael Douglas's characters have their fathers with the strange daughters. I like that kind of uh, element of the movie and what they brought forth into the trailer and Paul Rudd's uh, relationship with his kid. But I just think tonally it was a little bit off. So I'm looking forward to the next trailer for the film and I hope it shows off uh, kind of a better look for the movie. But Neo, oh, any any thoughts from you, sir? I'm just going to play dumb on this because <laughs> at no, at this point, yeah. the Marvel Cinematic Universe hasn't disappointed me mm-hmm. yet. Outside the so, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? 
that's not the cinematic universe, though. I mean, it's it's a television show within that universe, but right. I'm talking the movies. Right. So the movies haven't disappointed me yet. Mm-hmm. So I don't care if it's Peyton Reed or Peyton Manning uh, directing this. I think it. I think it may fit in. I think it's an odd choice. Yeah. I think you could be cautiously optimistic with it because if there's a point where Marvel maybe runs out of their mojo in something, mm-hmm. this could be the one because it, it does seem a little out of character. But Ant-Man was an Avenger, and we've already seen them take another franchise, Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. and do something good with it. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go and and watch it and 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 see what they put up. So I they haven't failed me yet. So I'm I'm thinking they won't on this one. So yeah, I, I got I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready too, sir. So uh, that's coming out July the 17th. And I would like to see Peyton Manning direct this. This no. would be better. <laughs> Directed better than he directs footballs. I'm just. Wow. But uh, (laughs) uh, that's coming out July 17th. Next up, our second to last film is uh, the reboot of the Fantastic Four, which releases on August the 7th. And the movie features Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, everybody's favorite Wallace, uh, Kate Mara, uh, and Jamie Bell. And uh, those are pretty much the centric characters of the film. We haven't seen much of this movie besides the teaser that just dropped a couple days ago. I'm sorry, a couple weeks ago, I should say. And uh, the movie is directed by Josh Trank, who directed uh, Chronicle, another independent film that was also based in the superhero genre. Kind of an origin film. It's not a genre. Superhero is not a genre. Superhero is a genre. (laughs) Comic book is not a genre. Superhero is a genre. (laughs) absolutely but yeah uh, he directed chronicle which i thought was a pretty cool movie it also that movie also featured michael b jordan as well what what is that what is that oh is that the one where they're like uh these kids are stuff or whatever well these kids are exposed to a meteor uh Uh, three kids and they gain superpowers because of it and kind of things fall apart between they don't eat brains uh (laughs) no they don't eat brains okay but uh, one of them becomes a supervillain, and the other one has to fight against him. And it's it's all found footage, which was uh, which is, is one of the better found footage movies I've seen. So um, it, it's another guy that's got got plucked out of uh, the indie world to direct a big budget film. And this movie's uh, behind the scenes production has been a bit troubled, at least from rumors, uh, from what was said in rumor, basically for this movie. But uh, the trailer, when I saw it, it looked pretty solid. I, I didn't have a problem with uh, how the movie looked. It kind of seems like a Cronenberg film, like uh, The Fly, where they, uh, instead of going into space, they do a interdimensional travel type experiment, which uh, ends up giving uh, them and several other people involved with it powers, including uh, Dr. Doom, whose character is played by uh, Toby Kebbell. If you saw the new uh, Planet of the Apes movie, I think Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, uh, he played the villain in that as well. So I'm kind of yeah. excited to see, even though I saw pictures of uh, of what Dr. Doom looks like, I haven't seen him with CG yet, so I don't know exactly what the final product's going to look, but he looks weird, and the fact that he's an internet blogger is kind of weird, but I, 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 will, I will reserve my full Dr. judgment. Dr. Doom's a troll? He's an internet troll? He's kind of, but he's involved with the experiment, too. So I'm kind of curious to see to see exactly what powers he's given and if Latveria does play a role. It it kind of got an Easter egg in the trailer, but uh, I like Toby Kebbell and all the movies I've seen him in. He's acted his ass off, so uh, I do have faith that he's going to be able to play the character well. But um, I'm I'm pretty I'm 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 pretty jazzed for this film. Uh, Neo, what are your thoughts on this? I've just seen the trailer, mm-hmm. and the only thing that makes it interesting to me is it looks really, really dark. Yeah. That's the only thing that – and it looks better than the other pieces of crap they did with this. But 
I I honestly I, I don't think I'll go and see it. Mm-hmm. Like right, I may I may see it in the movie theaters, but it, I'm not going to do it right away. But that was the only thing that really jumped out at me is that it looked really really dark and something that you're you normally um, not always used to with the the, the Fantastic Four. I know they I know in the comics they've dealt with dark topics and things like this, but just the whole aesthetic just looked a lot more dark to me. So, but we'll, we'll see what happens. You can't do worse than rock bottom. So <laughs> which those previous fantastic four movies were, but, uh, no problem. Chris, yeah, but this movie will mm-hmm. answer the question we've been wondering for years. There was where's Wallace. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so he shows up here. We've been waiting for the answer. Wallace, where we you been? <laughs> Apparently Somebody in another let- dimension. <laughs> Somebody let uh, uh, let uh, Antoine know. Oh, don't. <laughs> oh man! But uh, Chris, man, what are your thoughts on the Fantastic Four? I can't think of a movie that I'm less excited for than this. Damn! Even after seeing the trailer, like, did your cha- thoughts change even slightly? No, the trailer solidified that I have zero interest in seeing. This oh, movie. damn! Okay, so Chris, damn! If, all right, Chris. Here's the scenario: if you have to see a movie. And mm-hmm. there's only two movies alive or that are playing in the whole world. Mm-hmm. And somebody will actually pay you. You, you. you won't even have to pay for your mission. But you have to see one of these. Uh, Terminator, Genesis, <laughs> or Fantastic Four. <laughs> and Suicide is not an option. Oh! Neither is Turn A Gundam or anything else. You know, I think in that respect, I choose Fantastic Four because I don't give a shit about it. Go. Whereas I like the first two Terminators. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So the thing for me is historically I've never liked Fantastic Four. Yeah. yeah ever since I was a kid. Yeah. And nothing about that has ever changed. I just don't like them. I think they're lame, they're boring, they're outdated, they're just not interesting to me at all. I thought both of the previous movies were garbage. Oh yeah. And I just don't care about these characters and I have zero interest. And then seeing the trailer and just all of the talk of uh you know the actors and the director leading up to the trailer of how oh, yeah. they're going so different and that it's not a comic book movie and you know like they're really just crapping on the idea of a comic book movie yeah. like this is the early 2000s again and then seeing that trailer that's uh cosplaying as interstellar uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't deny that <laughs> Just for me solidifies that this is Fox just going back like they did before and Mm -hmm. trying to make a movie that is not at all a comic book movie or is as little as it can possibly be because clearly those don't make money and we can't have something that looks like one of those. Man. (laughs) It's like if the movie it's like if the movie is almost ashamed to be a comic book movie and they have to try their darndest to hide that. I didn't, to make it look like something else. I didn't like the the vibe I was getting from that either. Like when the movie is being made, you make a very good point that uh, when people ask the actors and actresses of the movie, you know, how close is it to the comics? They said, well, we're trying to get away from that. And they couldn't and, shut up about it. They yeah. couldn't shut up about how not comic book and how different it's going to be. And it's like you're just digging yourself a deeper hole by basically saying that this movie is afraid to be what it should be. Yeah, you're killing the hype for your film, especially your biggest People, the biggest people that are going to preach about how good your movie are, you're kind of killing their vibe for the film by saying those things because you're just alienating those. I understand the viewpoint, though. They want to let people know that it's going to be different than what we've already seen because as bad as those movies were, the first two, they were kind of 
true to the vibe of the old school comics for uh, for Fantastic Four from the 60s and whatnot. And but they were just bad movies, no, period, regardless bad. No, of yeah, the comic bad prop. Absolutely. I, I yeah. think you could take any concept and make a good story out of it, personally, and I hope the best for this. They went back to their sci-fi roots with Fantastic Four because uh, I've, I've done a little study on this, and I've been told by some people who read some of the earlier books that the earlier books for Fantastic Four were kind of like pulpy science fiction type stories before they kind of got into the whole superhero scene. So they're kind of going back to back to the uh, origin point for the Fantastic Four with this film from the looks of things. And I, I hope they if, capture the spirit of that and were able to translate that. If that's that their the excuse, mm-hmm. then fine for them. But it just looked like an utterly generic 2015 sci-fi movie. Yeah, but they were they were hey. still super they were still superheroes. But they 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 a lot of times what they did is they ended up defeating their enemies using science. Yeah. So that that's kind of what they did. But and that's, in the that, end, that they were cool they were. They were still they were still superheroes. They still had amazing powers, but it was always some science flimflam that Mister Fantastic brought up, you know, for whatever reason. And I kind of disagree. I don't always think you can take any story and make it into a good movie. <laughs> I, I, I think I think it's just. I think of a, of a lot of the Marvel, of a lot of the comic book properties, yeah. some of them just translate better than others. And I just think for whatever reason, Fantastic Four, I don't even know if Marvel, if they got a hold of this, if they could really pull it off. There's just some that are just going to work better than others. And you have to look at current tastes. And I mean, Fantastic Four is just, it's still kind of stuck in a lot of ways of being, you know, something from the, you know, the, the 60s, 70s and 80s, you know, it's just kind of there. And I don't know. I mean, the book got discontinued like, yeah. what, a couple months ago. Sure did. So, I mean, even even on the comic book front, they can't even keep it going. It's just one of those properties that I think people lost interest. Well, so. I guess- Which is fine because not everything yeah. has to be popular all the time. I know that Fantastic Four was the start of the Marvel Universe, but that yeah. was mm-hmm. over 50 years ago and things change. They're not frozen in time forever. You know, in the 90s, the X-Men were at the top, not just yeah. the comics universe, but the the Mar- Marvel universe, but the top of the comics universe. Right. That time has gone. Now it's, you know... Iron Man, Avengers, Spider-Man, etc. Maybe in 20 years will be something completely different. So yeah. just because something was popular at some point doesn't mean that it automatically deserves to be popular forever. Well, not necessarily. And, and, but- I, and I think I think with things like the Avengers and Iron Man and stuff like that is and Captain America, what what well, one of the common things they have is they have that political intrigue and they have a lot of the conspiracy theories and all these and all these things. You know, I'm talking in their universes yeah. of going on, and that are that is things that people can identify with now. You know, and and a lot of times with you know the Fantastic Four, they're just not in in that you know type of thing anymore their stories aren't always been the most politically charged or anything like that sure, and they're but just we don't and, they're, have- and they're just they're mm-hmm. just uh, you know they're it's it's just a it's just a weird little concept that at once was on top of its game and for whatever reason fans have just moved away from that it doesn't mean it can't in the future sure be something good but just to try to ram it home on people sometimes you got to let these things kind of you know take a hiatus and then if they're right. if they're if they're if they're timeless, that's that's the only way you find out if they're timeless. Just like the X Men, you know, the X Men's always been kind of built upon oppression and segregation and stuff. But as we see in our society now, 2015, 
there's a lot more things that are accepted now than were in 1995. I mean, for God's sakes, just in the United States alone, most of the states, they allow gay marriage. It's something you would never even spoken sure, but about. but the fight is a, far from over on that front. <laughs> I, no, I'm not, I'm not saying it's... I'm not saying it's over, but what right. I'm saying is what made the X-Men unique and back in that time, that's what those stories were always about. But as we see that things are being more accepted, different types of people, different ethnicities and things like that are being more accepted. And if that's all you have, if, you're, if, they're, if they're not evolving those X-Men stories from that, yeah. then yeah, people are just going astray. That's my point. It's mm-hmm. not getting into any of that socioeconomic. It's just saying if if what you were doing is what made you different and then the society goes away from that or becomes more accepting mm-hmm. and you're, you don't evolve, then you know that's what's going to happen. And I, th- I think that that's probably the thing that you see with the Fantastic Four. Well, I, I don't see too many superheroes when it comes down to uh, ones dealing with uh, uh, solving problems with science, um, outside of Tony Stark, that is. So I, I kind of want to see this movie succeed or be done well, so that way we can kind of have that back. And if they can reinvent Captain America, because Captain America comes from an era that was completely divorced from our age of comics now. And they've been able to develop his character and his stories to the point where he still entices and and, and uh, intrigues people to read his books to this day. So, I mean, if they can do that with Captain America, they might be able to do that with Fantastic Four, at least in this Yeah, film. but they, they did that in a way that embraced its comic book nature yeah. and ran with the whole super patriotic World War II stuff. They didn't mm. try to hide it and spend a year before the trailer yeah. going, oh, it's not yeah. a comic book movie. We're going mean, to do our own thing. We're <laughs> ignoring the comics completely. <laughs> We're so special. We're doing this and that. And, Ooh, you know... <laughs> And I mean, if you really look at Captain America in these live action movies, Mm -hmm. he is what he, I mean, in the end, Captain America is just the embodiment of, you know, the United States feel and all this, uh, you know, the patriot, you know, the, the good old soldier and everything like that. That's his thing. So he's, he's just a, that's a simple, that's a simple story that, you know, that keeps going on. And he's just a point of inspiration Mm -hmm. in these stories. But, but then, you know, what also made him interesting too is the fact that as as he's, you know, even when, if you go in the 60s, when he came in the comic books, he was still questioning things about, they would have Captain America question, oh, well, what's going on in our society now? Why is the government doing this? This isn't the government I fought for or the America I fought for. So even he always kind of evolved on that, where Fantastic Four, it just doesn't always seem like that. But I guess we'll, you know. s- well, I guess we'll see how it plays out on August the 7th. But yeah, I guess, I guess we stand well, divided. I, I won't because I'm not going to oh, watch it. Oh, well, well, shit. <laughs> Well, I'll let you know how I feel about it when I see it. But our final movie that we're we're going to talk about today uh, comes out in December. It is the long-awaited sequel that a lot of us have been waiting for. You guessed it. Alvin and the Chipmunks Road Chip. I'm just kidding. It's- oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's Star Wars The Force Awakens. It comes out what seems like an eternity from now, December the 18th, and it will feature uh, actors such as Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, John Boyega, Daisy Ridley, and many others. And it is directed by Neo's favorite director in the world, J.J. Abrams, a director of the all-time classic Star Trek Into Darkness. <laughs> no, he didn't do that one. He did it Star Trek Into Dumbness. Oh, that was the one he did. man, I was waiting for it. <laughs> I swear to God, if there's magic blood in this, well, there is oh. kind of magic blood, what, right? Midichlorians? Oh my God. <laughs> That's what's right up his alley. 
I, it, despite, I mean, I, I'm not going to get into the stories because we, we all oh. are pretty much been fatigued out on Star Wars, but I can't help but say that I am excited about this. I think one of the main reasons why is I've been watching Rebels, the animated series for Star Wars that's been airing over the last couple of months, and it's been an absolute treat to watch. And because of that, I've uh, been following up on other Star Wars related things. Like I'm reading a book currently called How Star Wars Conquered the Universe, which goes into the entire backstory of how George Lucas got into uh, filmmaking and what inspired him to make Star Wars and what went down with the with the original movies, the prequels, leading up to the buyout from Disney later on. And it's been an intriguing read. Like, I'm learning all sorts of stuff about uh, the Star Wars franchise I would have never thought and where a lot of its inspirations come from and just people's uh, experiences of working with Lucas. Yeah. I mean. No, no, there's more than that. There's a whole <laughs> lot more than that. I, I don't want to... Classic, wanna... cl- classic, classic stories of good versus evil. All I can say, it, 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 is an incredibly, oh it is an incredibly informative book and if you can get your hands on how star wars conquered the universe get your hands on it it's uh it's it may actually inspire uh people to get into filmmaking i i i don't have the resources or the ability to do that but just to hear how he got started the people he came up with also that's it's a whole nother story but the force awakens man after seeing that trailer drop i'm really intrigued i, I love the fact that john boyega a black man is going to be one of the main leads in the story and the fact that he is a stormtrooper <laughs> uh, at least we assume from what the trailer showed us daisy ridley plays uh, a young girl named Ray, and we don't know exactly who she is but rumors have it that she's force sensitive and she might be the daughter of uh, uh, Han Solo and Leia we don't know that completely right uh, right at the moment but uh, in a couple months we're going to have Star Wars Celebration over in LA where they're going to be revealing a new trailer for Star Wars as well as a whole lot of information about what's coming up for Star Wars 7 and other movies so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what gets revealed there plus we have D23 this year which is going to reveal a whole lot more information about the franchise in general and comic-con is of course too i'm sure they'll have some kind of presence there since they didn't have it last year but uh chris man any thoughts about star star wars coming up uh for the movie or anything that uh you've been exposed to recently well definitely the one fact that george lucas has no involvement yes (laughs) massively increases my interest and you know even if i wanted to be very pessimistic about this Mm -hmm. i would at least say hey it can't be worse than the prequels tell me about it But also, like you, well, it could I mean there there is a possibility? No, there, no, 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 not not even it's, close. It's impo- I'm just saying. I, I, <laughs> no, <laughs> I rewatched the prequels recently. I'm just saying. There's always no. You you, you can't <laughs> say never ever. I mean, there the, nothing there is, could ever be worse than the prequels. There, there is there is a slight chance that they there, could be. there's a reason why it won't be as bad as the prequels. There is zero chance. The prequels. There was no checks and balances on the prequels for this movie. You best believe the 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 studio has been in J.J. Abrams' ass. Have you seen J.J. Abrams recently that man looks half dead because he's worried to death about this film and the amount of work that he's working on this film he knows this movie is going to make or break him even after doing Star Trek and Star Trek in the Darkness that movie split down the middle on people who like it and love it and in Star Trek and all the other movies that Abrams done if he F's up his love of his 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 dear love of Star Wars in this film and doesn't allow this franchise to take off into two other movies he is done finished so his reputation rides on this movie and it's going to be at least enjoyable to watch it can't be the prequels only lucas could get away with that garbage (laughs) so it i know that it can't be worse uh Mm -hmm. i've been watching rebels and you know i'm pleased with it and i think it shows that disney can do a good job running this franchise and recapturing the sense of adventure that star wars has lost getting bogged down in dumb politics and trade negotiations (laughs) 
And I'm actually looking beyond episode seven because I'm more intrigued by the mystery around episode eight being done by Ryan Johnson because I was a big fan of Brick and mm-hmm. enjoyed Looper quite a bit. So. Absolutely. And he's possibly doing nine as well. We, we, I guess they haven't confirmed that yet, but uh, they said he is writing it, but we don't know if he's directing nine or if it's going to be someone else that's directing it. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm jazzed about episode eight being that he's involved with it because I've loved Brick as well. I have to say, you know, in the last few months between watching Clone Wars, watching Rebels, this is probably the most hyped I've been for Star Wars mm-hmm. prior to May 1999. Yeah, it's like they, they've even interested me, and I've only, only had a passing interest in Star Wars until this year. Now I'm l- listening to podcasts about Star Wars now, and I'm, I'm reading articles and, and reading this book, and it's like, wow, I, I'm starting to become a Star Wars fan. I never thought I would ever utter those words, but uh, I'm starting to take interest in the in the history of it, and I want to read the uh, the novels that have come out for Tarkin and for uh, and for and and for a new hope. Right now, uh-huh. Mickey is. Sitting in the steeple of Cinderella's <laughs> castle, rubbing his hands together, sounding like Mr. Burns, going, "Excellent." They've done Another a good. Fool. They've done a good job. They've done a good job of of, of get, uh, igniting the spark in Star Wars again. And to me, it's like, wow, I didn't, never saw. <laughs> really? I mean, yeah, they have. Really? You, you think even? I mean, let's let's put this let's put this in some sense of reality. Let's ground okay. this a little bit. Go ahead. Even if Lucas was still involved, sure. People would still be going crazy about this. But let's oh, just yeah, sure. let's just put let's just put Absolutely. that in the I mean this 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 fallacy. I, I can't that, speak for people, I can only speak for me. And I'm telling you that it's just it's just it's a part of the fabric yeah. of what it is. I mean, but I mean I can understand your interest, yeah. but even still, you know even if he was still involved, sure. you would probably go and see it. Yeah, and you'd probably go see it as soon as you could. Well, the word has because... it that he was actually going to be in the process of making a seventh no, film. I, but, you know, I, that was going to still roads up. I get that. But what I'm saying road. is yeah. this, this everything where everybody's like, oh, this reignites the, the thing in the Star Wars. I don't think it's ever really gone away. Well, for me, it wasn't even there. Yeah, but I'm not. We're, we're, Silver and I are talking about ourselves, not yeah. the public. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the, the public's always been an interest in Star Wars. But there's a difference between seeing a movie because you're excited to and mm-hmm. seeing it out of morbid curiosity exactly like back in 1999 when the when when the prequels started i wasn't completely sold on it but it was another star wars movie and i had never ever seen a star wars movie in the theaters so the thrill of actually seeing one in the theaters was like the big thing for me to go see it i wasn't i didn't read anything beforehand i just went to go see that movie cold i only saw the 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 well, shit, original trilogy there, there was a lot less information out of back yeah that but there was this. there was the there was the extended universe which like of course a- was Canon and there were comic books. There was stuff I could have entrenched myself Way into. Way different time. Yeah, but Way I, time, I didn't though, and I went to go see it, and I wasn't impressed. And my fandom for Star Wars was just at base level. And then now I'm a completely different cat. I was like, I, I, I'm looking forward to new stuff coming out that Star Wars related, and this movie has completely got my interest. I will see this on day one at the theater, and I will get myself a nice, uh, comfortable better, seat. Man, you better, you better, uh, you better be sitting there when they start doing pre-orders because uh, <laughs> that stuff is going to sell out. Yeah, the first week. It's like they're already that. selling. I'm sure they're already selling pre-order tickets for this already. If they're not, they will soon. So, uh, uh, Chris, any other thoughts about this at all? Nope. Neo, any thoughts you have about Star Wars? Uh, it sounds like you are the least excited of the three of us. <laughs> 
you're, well, be you're being cautiously with... optimistic, I understand. But no, I'll ahead. be honest with you. The mm-hmm. trailer mm-hmm. didn't really excite me. It's stuff I've already seen before, which is Ooh. different people. Yeah. In the in the thing, I, I've seen I've seen other people before in a stormtrooper and stuff. I've seen all it. it the the thing the trailer did nothing about anything for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, even I know the the fanboy uh, the fanboy jizz causing um, lightsaber lightsaber. <laughs> I mean, okay, wow, cool. But um, no, I, my only thing is I just want to see. I mean, the real reason you want to see this this is the first Star Wars movie with n- no inner, you know, no nothing, no input, no nothing from, uh, from Lucas. George Lucas. Your That's boy. it. I mean, you, no, you got it. This is what you want to see. Yeah. I mean, he's got, he was uh, he didn't direct it. He didn't write it. He didn't cast it. He's not doing anything with this. Mm-hmm. He's just gonna sit back and enjoy the fruits of that Disney stock going up when (laughs) this thing comes out but no that's what you want to see and secondly there's such a time skip we're talking what like 30 30 something years years now yeah so i want to see that and i want to see how they put harrison ford and mark hamill in this movie and 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 i want to i want to see what the balance is is this going to be one of these situations where there's a baton passing mm-hmm. are they going to be just kind of people in the background is it cameos that's what i want to see too i i i really and i really want to see a good synopsis of what something of what has happened in the last 30 years because at the end of return of the jedi yes the emperor dies and everything like that but it's like you know that doesn't necessarily mean that the empire is over with or you know got military commanders in some of these bases did they you know did they um you know kind of corn off their section and it becomes their little empire that's what i want to see that that to me is the thing but i didn't see any of that in the trailer they haven't been saying anything about it and i hope they don't because that's that's the stuff i want to see is 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 that right there and i'd be stupid and i'd be you know i'd be you know um lying if i said i wasn't going to try to see this Mm -hmm. as soon as i can I'm not going to fight to see it on the first day. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing I'm not going to do. Oh, man. I mean, I will not stand in lines. Uh, I mean, the only way that I would do it is if I can pick my seat in the movie theater. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, but, I mean, my God, everybody wants to see this. Yeah, I mean, the, the, that's that's the thing. I do. And it'll, it, it's going to be interesting how this ends up because you're going to have – the old Star Wars fans, will it make them happy? Mm-hmm. Or will it make the new Star Wars fans happy? Because, you know, all the old Star Wars fans, what they sometimes forget is that as much as they hated those prequel movies, that created a whole new Star Wars fan that loved those movies. Yeah. So as much as you hate the prequels and love the the middle part of the trilogy, there's kids that grew up with the prequels that probably don't like the middle part of the trilogy. So, I mean... You're absolutely right. There is a generation that that do... And that's the thing that you're going to have to see because in the end for the the for this to really endure down the road it's going to be those kids that are going to have to sign off on this because well, then, in about 20 to 30 years yeah. a lot of these uh star wars the original star wars fans they ain't gonna be around anymore well the kids so. the kids that drove the 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 sales of star wars in the 90s they're adults now like we were adults when we saw the trilogy and now we got a whole new generation that's gonna they're gonna go into these movies coming up as their first star wars experience so 
these movies are going to cater to a whole new generation, and they may feel that these movies are the strongest of the set. So no, I, I, I get that, but, yeah. but what I'm saying is, as much as the, the thing that I want to hear more than anything, and maybe somebody can point me in the right direction, is, is I hear all the old school Star Wars fans; they're all excited. Yeah. I actually want. I'm actually more interested to see the kids that grew up with the, the prequels. prequels? <laughs> I want to know what they're. I wonder if they're as excited as you know Star the old Star Wars people are. That's a very good question. I, I'm kind of yeah. interested in that myself. But, because uh, I'm sure all those all those podcasts and things that you listen to, it's yeah. all your old Star Wars. People. Oh yeah, the old guard all yeah. day long, yeah. <laughs> without so, a doubt. I mean that that's what that's what's going to be the interesting thing about it is I and I could actually probably see this going the route of the old fans love it and the new fans don't like it as much. Chris, that you, could be that could be the way. I don't know. <laughs> no problem. I'm just speculating. Chris, are you and you and Pedro going to be covering this on Chaos Theater as well? I think that's pretty much a given. Oh, man. Well, look out for that, too. Uh, one big question before we go. Um, what do you think is going to gross more? Star Wars The Force Awakens or Avengers Age of Ultron? Keep Star Wars. Going. Star Wars, you think so? Uh, Avengers did make over a billion and a half in the matter. You think Star Wars has got it? Because it's coming off the prequels, and the prequels It's, it's, it's going to be the... Uh, yeah, but it's going to be the train wreck effect again. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right, because everybody's going to want to see this for the fact that it's going to be in the public con- content. Everyone's right? going to want to see whether it's good or terrible, so you're yeah. guaranteed a much higher gross than Avengers, I think. Man, Neil. I don't know, man. I, I think it's Avengers, because I, I, think, I think Avengers, I think more people mm-hmm. are in, I'm talking a, a larger sub, a larger section of the movie viewing population mm-hmm. would watch that more than Star Wars. Yeah, it, Even with the morbid curiosity of that, because Avengers was very, I mean, my God, there's people that I knew that didn't even like any of that stuff that uh, uh, watched Avengers. Like, holy crap, this is just an incredible movie. Like, you need just on the aspect of a movie. Yeah, you got the momentum so, of the MCU in one hand, and you got it'll the, be interesting. You, you got the legacy of Star Wars in the other hand. And I honestly don't know which between the two is going to actually amount to more dollars at the box office. But I think that the Avengers only, might edge the, it out only slightly because of the fact that it's been on fire as of the last couple of yeah. years. The so only advantage that Star Wars has. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I know that uh, when does when does uh, Avengers come out? May the first. Okay, so kids are still kind of in school. Yeah, Avenger or Star Wars comes out Christmas time. Christmas, Christmas pretty time. much. Yeah, pretty much Christmas time. They're both huge so, times at the box office. So the the, the timing for both movies is yeah, but, is, is but equal. May but May you're still kind of in school. Yeah. I mean, it's not like this is June or July. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Avengers. My call is I think Avengers because I just think. At this point, people, I think that's, I think that's the bigger subset. So, but no problem. Well, if anything, I guess time will tell. And uh, that is it for our uh, our preview of the sci-fi movies of 2015. We'll be back in a few minutes for more with more Gundam at MAHQ.
Now I suggest y'all back up and let us go about our business. Because you got a gun? No, because I have a gun and I pop a cap in your ass. I can't stand the silent treatment, Ibuki. Come on, I said I was sorry. Uh, Kagi, will you please just shut up? Ayama, you tell her. I didn't mean to say she wasn't dating. Things just pop out of my mouth sometimes. Besides, what does my opinion matter, right? I'm just a moron. Call me a moron, Ayama. Please? No, really, Akagi. It's okay. You're just saying what you think. And what you think is that I'm undateable. Just some loser girl alone every night. I never said that. But that's what you were thinking. That's why it popped out of your mouth, right? I don't know. Maybe? So, you Hey, you called me a maniac, remember? Yes, because what kind of man in his mid-twenties spends half his paycheck on toys? What? They're not toys. They're richly detailed model robots, and I love them. toys! Oh, yeah? Well, at least I have something to love. You wouldn't know love if it came I up with you on that. Shut up. <gasps> Can you hear all this? You heard all of that? Oh, please, no! Come Damn! Good kick, Lee. It was an accident. That's okay. We'll just say he tried to catch a cab. And that's another episode of Gundam at MAHQ. We had two topics this evening. We started off with a review of Gundam The Origin, Volume 8, and then we just wrapped up our sci-fi movie preview for... 2015. So since we're running late on time, we are going to forego the mailbag yet again. So watch for that in a future episode. Mm-hmm. But before we go, some late breaking news. While we were recording, Gundam.info's YouTube channel popped up. G Reconquista Episode 1 <gasps> for America. Get oh, wow. out of here. That's awesome. Yes, it is finally here. And, guys, it's on YouTube, so you know what that means. What's it mean? YouTube comments. Yay! So, the best the internet you, gives you. Just to give you an idea <laughs> of what you're in for. No, those are an, those are Amazon reviews of oh, things like the, the Three Wolf shirt. Oh, my God. Yeah, but that's done for shits and giggles. This is people being deadly serious because YouTube is serious business. I'm going to give you a very quick dramatic reading of just one comment to let you know what you're in for. Oh, God, save Mm. us. (laughs) Build Fighters is 100,000 times better than this piece of rehashed crap. Ooh, it looks like Eureka 7 screwed turn A, two shows that suck in their own right. I'll stick with real Gundam shows like Build Fighters and the soon-to-be origin. Thank you very much. (laughs) The director is a hack who needs to stop making anime. Oh my god, just disable the comments right now, Bandai. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Mm. the internet. Damn. There you go. Oh, they're saying that Smito's a hack? Yes. That has been the talk. That's been crazy, man. And and with that, we will have to bid you adieu. But speaking of the internet, uh, Sobro, I believe you have something to tell people. I do. Um, You guys, when you have uh, any time to check these websites out, please do. Head on over to where the magic happens. MAHQ.net. Visit there for reviews of many mecha-related animes and manga series. Also join the conversation at MAHQ's official forums at mechatalk.net where you can find forums for this show and other MAHQ and Shinjuku Station podcasts. There you can comment on the thread for this episode or others and submit questions for future podcasts. If you're looking for previous episodes of Gundam at MAHQ, 
Look no further than Gundam.net, where you can also find information on all of our previous episodes. Also find us on iTunes by using the keyword Gundam, and make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. After listening to our show, your next stop should be Chaos Theater, MAHQ's podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom outside of Mecca. Hosted by the webmaster of MAHQ, Gundam's own Chris Guanche, and the pedal bear of the South, Tomopop's own Pedro Cortez. You can tune into the show at chaostheater.blogspot.com and on iTunes by searching for Chaos Theater. Don't forget that we're also on YouTube, where you can not only find our previous episodes, but extra content as well. Subscribe to these channels when you have time. YouTube.com slash Gundam M-A-H-Q. YouTube.com slash Chaos Theater M-A-H-Q. YouTube.com slash Fighters Ready. YouTube.com slash Shin Station Fight Tube and youtube.com slash Shinjuku Station. Last but not least, make a beeline to Shinjuku Station's home for live streaming. That's tinyurl.com slash Shin Station. Every week we stream live with anime commentaries like Shoji Ramaro's Anime Movie Night and live podcasts like our new show, Barbecue Night. Don't sleep. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash Shin Station and follow us to keep up with all our future live streams, as well as archives of our most recent sessions. Back to you, Chris. Any closing comments, gentlemen? No, I'm, I'm good, man. It's been a, a nice, hearty episode. It's nice to have an extended topic about something, man. Uh, uh, if anything, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Eat fruits and vegetables with every meal. <laughs> there you go. Sage words to live by. And don't forget, on the internet, everything is terrible. Oh, boy. <laughs> Especially <true>. G-Reco. <laughs> Not and really. And all, and all conspiracies are true. Uh, exactly. <laughs> well, that'll wrap up this episode. We'll catch you next time on Gundam at MAHQ. wrong right now this is simply a demand for greater autonomy that's not what i want this speech is supposed to be a declaration of war to all who live in the earth sphere but i just can't find the words to express myself you're exhausted why don't you take a break come lie down for a little while and you can you expect me to sleep at a time like this if i am asleep how will I be able to rouse my disciples? Astraya, I'm running out of time. They'll drag me to Golgotha to execute me tomorrow. <sighs> and when they do so, I will address the world from atop my cross. I will warn them that those sinners who incur the wrath of Gaia will soon be engulfed in hellfire and be annihilated! You're exhausted. You need your rest. Please. Where are the children? They're sleeping. It's the middle of the night. No, you can't. Don't disturb the children. Gundam at MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint.
Detroit, a beautiful city, home of Cars, The Lions, Tim Allen, Flowtown, and me, Robocop. But did you know that the city is in trouble? Since 1952, over 1.1 million people have fled the city. Our motor industry is in decline, and our music scene is in dire straits. How do you get from Motown to Techno? Let's blame Carter. Why not? And now Detroit is bankrupt, and we need help. Then I remembered what crowdfunding did for Veronica Mars, Zach Braff, Spike Lee, and even a successfully funded RoboCop statue, which is totally super cool. So I'm turning to you, the citizen, asking your help to fund our new Kickstarter campaign, Help Save Detroit. And all we're asking for is 20 billion dollars. What kind of prizes do I get? For a one dollar donation, you will get your name. Graffiti on City Hall. I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> for five dollars, you will get the name of your choice cleaned up off of City Hall. For a twenty dollar donation, you will get nothing. But for a thirty dollar donation, you will get to name a street in Detroit. Call it whatever. Seriously, we don't care. It's Detroit. For a donation of $500, you will be able to buy your very own politician. Now you may be asking yourself, Gee, $500 for a politician? Isn't that awfully cheap, Robocop? You're right. It's Detroit. For a donation of $10,000, you will get an authentic Detroit-made 1986 Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. For $15,000, we will give you a Honda. For a donation of $20,000, we will turn the Joe Louis Monument into a monument for your ex-wife. For a donation of $25,000 per year, we will incarcerate one criminal of your choice. For twice that amount, we will educate a child. For a donation of $75 million, we will make 8 Mile 2 16 Mile. For a donation of $100 million, I will forcibly make the filmmakers of the new Robocop remake commit to a hard R rating. For a donation of $200 million, we will turn you into your very own authentic Robocop. That's right, we will kill you, cover you in titanium, erase your memories, except for the vague ghost of the family you once loved. Honey, dinner's ready. I love you. So donate now to our Kickstarter. We promise to use the money for good this time.